0: Good morning. It is a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Griffin. Good to have you along. Busy day as always. Coming up a little bit later on. It is of course Gunner Henderson Day. Well we think it is. Very weird bit. It's so weird. They're gonna they're they're gonna put Gunner and DL Hall on the taxi squad. Which I guess covers them for this September. I don't have any yeah. idea how that works. I have no clue what the rules are for the taxi squad. I can't even pretend to know. And nobody else seemed to know either. Like this is a very weird bit where they're on the taxi squad, which frankly, I'm not even really sure why that's still a thing. I'm just being completely honest. I know Covid is still a, still real and all that, but like I, i'm 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 confused by the con- lingering presence of the taxi squad. I guess this means they're qualified, like, to be on the playoff roster. I guess, or it's a temporary thing. Put them on the taxi squad for now, and then rosters expand tomorrow. So,
1: I, I, yeah, doesn't make sense. I mean, I guess it kind means he'll. Play like because when Kyle Stowers like back in what April got, uh, was on the Taxi yeah, Squad. I don't think it was
0: April, but I do remember yeah. the, in the Taxi Squad, and I do remember and him he played playing, that. Night. Right. Yeah. But I don't. I don't know if he's playing. Right. I, it's everything about it is so bloody weird. I am working under the assumption that this is just a formality until tomorrow, and that the Taxi Squad does cover you because he's gonna be on. Whatever. I'm not even gonna try. I'm not even gonna try. The point is, we think it's Gunnar Henderson Day. So we're going to meet his high school coach, Stephen Clements, uh, from down in Alabama, and uh, find out a little bit more about Gunner. And, of course, we talked to Gunner a bunch of times over the years, but find out more about exactly who he is as a person, as a ball player, all of those things. We will do that later on in the program. Also coming up today, scheduled a chat with Rick Spielman, former NFL GM, now with the 33rd team. As we laid out yesterday, it seems like we've got the most definition that we've ever had about the Lamar Jackson situation. Now, I don't know it. We don't know That this is specifically what it is. But the evidence all points to, between Jay Glazer's report and Lamar's interactions on social media, that this is as simple as Lamar wanting a fully guaranteed deal, the Ravens not wanting to do it. So now what? And that's what I want to try to get an answer to. So we'll talk to Rick Spielman, um, former NFL GM, coming up a little bit later on in the program. We'll make our weekly trip to Bowie to chat with uh, outfielder John Rhodes. And uh, Drew Forrester will join us here in a little bit as well. That's all on the way. I've got Would You Rather Scenarios up on uh, Facebook. We'll get them up here on Twitter in just a minute. Today's show brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, Maryland, which is the place to be for college football's week one coming up this Saturday. Loaded day of games Ohio State, Notre Dame, Florida, Utah, Cincinnati, Arkansas, Georgia, Oregon. So many big games on Saturday. All you need to do is get to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel down in Hanover. Get there early. Go register. Get the QR code put some money on one of their bet pads, sit on your keister for 12 hours of pure joy watching football, winning money, being thankful that you live in this time and place. It's as simple as that. FanDuel Sportsbook Live Casino and Hotel. If you want to reserve your spot, make sure you have... um you know, a, a a table for you and your friends or reclining chairs. I mean, if you're going to hang out there for 12 hours, it might be best to have some reclining chairs. Email events at sportssocialmd.com. It's events at sportssocialmd.com. Um, yeah, so that was that sucked. There's really no way around that. That sucked. That was just about as pathetic an effort as you could ask for. And it goes back to what I was saying about the weekend series in Houston, which is that I know... The story should be that the Orioles won two out of three, but I couldn't help but think that the story really was that the Orioles only scored six runs in three games. And I, for the most part, I think people understood. There was a couple of people that were pushing back on it like, no, there was the, you don't understand. Houston's so good, it's their pitching. Well, look, if the Orioles had been an offensive juggernaut, and just happen to not score a ton of runs because of Houston's pitching and win the series anyway, then I would be far more celebratory. The problem was it was backing up all of the fears that I've had about the Orioles' offense. And when they follow that up with, I mean, maybe the most listless offensive night we have seen in a long time. I mean, I and I get it. this is a team that's been nearly perfectoed this season. This is a team that has flirted with utter embarrassment a couple times this season. Um, the story is the offense now gunner's apparently going to be here and maybe can help with that a little bit as i keep saying it's an awful lot to ask of someone so young and so inexperienced to think they can come in and solve your your offensive problems i don't buy it It doesn't mean I don't think he should be here. I just don't buy that the presence of Gunnar Henderson alone is going to solve your offensive problems. I think these were always going to be problems. And I think there are bigger issues that have to be solved. Now, they can't be solved now. They can only be solved in the offseason. Maybe you can still figure out a way to get in. It's getting more and more difficult by the day to envision getting in. But it's, of course, not impossible, and I hope they do. I'm just trying to be practical about how difficult it is with an offense that has been scuffling for some time, basically no one hitting consistently at this point, playing a brutally difficult schedule, and acknowledging that your pitching has been So far above and beyond what could reasonably be expected. I I, I can't be bothered by the fact that Spencer Watkins got his brains beat in last night. That he's Spencer Watkins. He's delivered some really amazing starts this season that we didn't see coming. But he's still Spencer Watkins. And to count on anyone. To assume that any of these dudes even all of the guys who pitched so brilliantly even Bradish, Kramer, Austin Voth over the weekend even to assume their next start is going to be a high level is i don't want to say foolish but not responsible we we've, we've we've reached critical mass there's a month left in the season it has been magical, and it's not over, but it's really hard to see it. That's not the end of the world. That doesn't mean that I couldn't sit here a week from now and say, God, what an idiot I was. Look at look at how, on a dime, everybody just started hitting again. It's unbelievable. It's baseball. These things happen. But at the moment, it's just really tough. It's really tough to see the path. Hopefully, whatever it is, maybe Gunnar Henderson really is Superman. Maybe Gunnar Henderson shows up and has the greatest first month in the history of baseball. And is just an utter rock star. All the things that Jim Bowden says—he's going to be a future batting champion. He's going to hit 50 doubles and 25 home runs. Maybe we see all of that immediately. There's no adjustment period whatsoever. He's just that good. It's again not a reasonable assumption to make, but it no, nothing is impossible. Or as Kevin Garnett says anything is possible. Maybe. I mean, I'm not saying that it's none of these things could happen. It's. This is the pragmatist in me. The pragmatist says, I don't see it. Again, doesn't mean that this is a disaster or that this is really even a disappointment. It's a disappointment in the moment because they were there. We're only a week or so removed from them sitting in a playoff spot and and wanting to believe. And Jorge Mateo looking like the – the greatest shortstop we'd ever seen in the history of baseball. Uh, Orioles are now three games back. They're once again tied with Twins um, for the fourth wild card spot that doesn't exist. So it doesn't help them to be tied for that spot because there is no such thing. Um, and a full three games back of Toronto, who they do still have plenty of games in hand with. But the further you fall back, the. You're asking, man, you're asking for so much. You're asking for so much. They are, time is starting to become of the essence. As we know, that series against the Athletics this weekend hopefully provides you a bit of a respite, at least in terms of the opponent that you're facing. But if the offense isn't going to get its act together, it doesn't matter what opponent you're facing. You can't keep assuming that you're going to be able to win games without scoring runs. Macro-micro, man. We just keep having all the same conversations. The, the small picture is it's frustrating because this team really did have a chance this year, and you can't help but wonder about certain things. You can't help but wonder about maybe if you had kept Trey Mancini around, what one more bat could do for this lineup. Maybe if you had acquired something at all. Could this have been that type of magical season? And then the macro, of course, being you understand it's not about this year. You understand it's about building a champion, but nothing is promised. And, boy, this this feels like it's slipping away. It just feels that way. It feels like you're... And I get it. You're all going to say, dude, we are just days removed from winning a series in Houston. I know. But you can't ignore the offense. You can't pretend like it hasn't been a prolonged issue. And at times, an utterly gross issue. Like, last night was gross. It was a gross effort. That was... And that was Little League. We've gotten used to the idea that you can never sort of count the Orioles out, right? Like that's what the the magic of this season has been. But now it's getting more to the point of they better not fall behind because it's hard for me to trust. Try again tonight. Uh, hopefully I'm in a different, I, I don't know why. I feel like I'm being, this is a depressing headspace that I'm in. I, I'm I'm not trying to make it depressing. I'm not trying to pretend like oh, there's no hope or nothing could change. I it's just tough. It's tough to envision how this is getting turned around. How is the who are you counting on? Even Rutschman's kind of felt like he's hit a little bit of a wall. Which doesn't mean I'm not still all in on Adley Rudgman or think he's still, you know, the greatest thing that's ever happened. I'm, I'm still on board with all that. But even he feels like he's kind of up against it a little bit. Who are you counting on to carry you out of this? I don't have the answer. I don't. That's why I feel this way. I gotta, gotta wash that taste out of my mouth. I gotta... Yeah, it's de- it's depressing. Jordan Lyles goes tonight against Tristan McKenzie. Another six o'clock start in uh, Cleveland, which really messes with me. I don't care for that whatsoever.
1: I mean, I guess the hope is—I mean, they, they've only lost two in a row, and okay, and well, like that. Well, you're acting like it's the end of the world. The, the
0: offense is the end of the world. Well, yes, yeah, that's but, the point.
1: The but, offense is the end of the world. <laughs> And it's they're just, they're not it, it is just and it's just the fact that the three teams they're chasing, even the Twins who were behind them, they, they all picked up a bunch of games in those in these three days because they they've all won. So it just, uh, I think, uh, I think, I mean, it's it, it stinks, but it, I think we still got to be you know pleased with what we're seeing. The offense is scary. Um, it's it's not pleased with to watch. what.
0: Please, please with the fact that the Orioles are three games out of a wild card but spot a, on can, August thirty first. You're, you're doing. The, I'm telling you, there's a macro and there's a micro. The macro, I get it. The micro is tell me right now what the path is for this team getting the playoffs. You gotta battle through. What does that mean? That's just a. cliche. Join Lyles, join Lyles on the mound.
1: What? I don't understand. Go, you're just saying. Seven.
0: You're just putting words together. You're not telling me what the path is for this team making the playoffs. The offense is going to turn it around. How?
1: I think. I think just uh, the law of averages. They've just been so bad for the past week
0: or two. So everybody's all of the bats are suddenly going to wake up. Could, okay. I I look, man. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. But I'm pretty sure we're just saying things. I'm pretty sure that's all we're doing now is saying things. Look, I again the lineup I,
1: shift, the lineup change. You know, Ramon I mean, obviously <laughs> Ramon jumping to the four spot. He's the only one with a hit last night. Okay. Mount Mountcastle, Mountcastle naturally gets the only RBI. Okay, down in the seventh spot. I mean, so like, I mean, maybe the lineup change, maybe the lineup shakeup will lead to something. Obviously, last night wasn't. It definitely yeah, did not. De- definitely not last night. But like, maybe. Sticking with it will lead to something. I mean, they can only do better than one hit.
0: Well, I mean, I'd like to hope. I mean, it's not actually true. They can do worse. I, Doug, I, look, I, as I keep saying, I hope, I hope that this is wrong and that something dramatically changes, but it is a prolonged period of offensive troubles, and it it's not like a team that was firing on all cylinders has just had a bad couple of weeks. Or a team like the Yankees, when you look at their lineup and you're like, okay, they can't, they can't be this bad. The reality is, this is probably about right. Honestly. I, I don't know how else to say it. You built the team that you built. Mountcastle, of course, has been a disappointment. Austin Hayes has probably been a disappointment since you know June. But otherwise, it's it's probably about right. Odor can't do it. Mateo's still a career nothing hitter. Ramon Urias is a guy who had a good couple of weeks. Adley Rutschman's a rookie. Cedric Mullins is a guy who had a monstrous season the year, be- the year before that, but we knew we couldn't bank on that being what Cedric Mullins was. Santander's been the one guy that's been fairly consistent throughout the season and about what you would expect from him as a as a quality major league player. But they were swimming above their heads. Offensively, they've been I mean dramatically swimming above their heads pitching wise. There's a reason why the the projectors the people who run the numbers looked at this team and despite the fact that they were sitting in a playoff spot, still thought they only had about a 12% chance of making the playoffs. Which again, m- macro-micro doesn't mean it isn't still amazing and it won't be great to be at the ballpark this weekend for what still are relevant baseball games. But it's just hard. It's hard to to see the path. I hope the path is Gunnar Henderson. I hope somehow his presence brings other guys to life. Again, that's the, hey, it's baseball argument, right? Like sometimes it just takes something looking different, a different feel, a new energy, whatever it is. Sometimes that's all it takes to get guys going. And so maybe the point of Gunnar Henderson isn't that gunner alone and his back carry them back to life maybe the point is more that he gets here with an intensity of fire a passion something like that and that rubs off it inspires i hope i hope it's it's just really tough to see it it's tough i'm not i, I Somebody is probably listening today and thinking to themselves, dude, it's Gunnar Henderson Day. What are you doing? And I'm not trying to pour water on your fire or piss in your cereal or anything like that. I I want there to be excitement about Gunnar Henderson. Again, it's very weird. I wish that one time this team could do something where like there could be a formal announcement and like a plan and a process and oh, God, I wish that when this came out last night, what they were saying is, look, he's going to be on the roster. For the, he's going to be on the taxi squad, but he's making his debut on Friday night. That's the plan. Be at the ballpark Friday night. We're getting him up on the roster because we have to, but he's making his debut on Friday night. Let's go. I just wish that this team would have ever would have done that one time. One time. All season. With someone of note. If they want to play him in Cleveland because they, they're that desperate, I don't know why they're suddenly that desperate today instead of being that desperate, say, last week. I don't get that. But if they want to do that, do it. I'm all for putting your best players on the field. It's a very weird how you know determinedly that today was the day he was ready, not ready the day before, ready today, so you can't hold it off till Friday different conversation don't know doesn't make sense can't pretend like it makes sense but maybe that's the case and if they've decided he was not ready until specifically today but today he's ready to go and you've got to have your best players in your lineup fine put him in the lineup I'm, i'm skeptical i'm skeptical of how that can be the case i'm skeptical of how he couldn't have been ready a week ago but definitely ready today i don't i don't know how that works sorry this is too negative i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry look i'm hearing it too i'm not trying to be depressing i'm not that was a gross effort last night i can't i can't hide from that that stunk that was very difficult to watch it's tough to watch a team that's supposed to be good look that bad look that don't belong it's tough it affects you it's a bummer i've so enjoyed the fact that i've been able to spend my nights watching orioles baseball this season a year where i didn't expect that to be the case so it was a bummer last night that after about well, definitely after i got the 5-1 and i was seeing those at bats i was like yep time to flip back over to tennis there's nothing to see here this is this is not worth watching it's a bummer i can't get around that it i'm bummed by that i wish that wasn't the case I hope it changes. I hope it does. Desperately hope that it changes. We'll see. We'll see. And I hope that Gunnar Henderson looks like a a magician for the next month. And then all of a sudden we go into next year saying, dude, how good are the Orioles going to be? They've got Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson. And whatever else they might add this offseason. Which I think we know at this point. I I, I saw there was like this weird kind of movement yesterday on Twitter where people were mad about the idea that we're discussing Ryan Mountcastle's future. I don't know. I, I This is the thing that I keep talking. There is so much danger in we're falling in love with guys who have been part of this fun season and not recognizing what they really are. And I'm not telling you you have to run off Ryan Mountcastle this offseason. I, I think there's a bigger conversation that needs to be had. And as I've said a million times, it's can you give someone first base – that isn't a high-level, middle-of-the-order bat. The Ryan Mountcastle from a year ago showed signs of becoming that guy. Obviously, when you hit 30 home runs, that's what people are going to describe you as. The rest of the numbers weren't that good, and you still even saw last year his issues with plate discipline. But he hit 30 home runs, and you'll put up with a lot of things when someone's hitting 30 home runs. But that's the problem, If you're not hitting 30-plus home runs, you can't also be the guy that doesn't get on base. we got to figure out what Ryan Mountcastle is to be promising or planning around someone being your first baseman that isn't a significant offensive weapon does not work. You can't do that that's poisonous to trying to build something and again I like Ryan Mountcastle and I hope that Ryan Mountcastle gets better and I hope he can be that guy but dude we can't pretend like he's something he's not because he had 30 home runs a year ago it's a conversation that you got to be willing to have the Jim Bowden's point you got to look at what's out there do you have the opportunity to upgrade If what's available this year and what makes sense for you is a big middle-of-the-order bat who happens to also play first base, I can't say, well, no, we've got Ryan Mountcastle. I have no idea if he's that guy. No clue. What I know he definitely is is someone who badly struggles with plate discipline. That's the only thing I know for sure about Ryan Mountcastle. He's hit some home runs, hit a lot of them last year, Maybe could be that guy long-term, maybe. Definitely have enough of a track record to know this is a problem. And in order for you to be able to work through those things, you've got to bring other things to the table. And to say he's a good defensive first baseman, which I actually think he is, that ain't enough. Anybody can play first base. You, first base is the spot that you have for someone who you need in the lineup for their bat. What you're getting from a defensive first baseman is not significant enough that that can carry them over their back. Um, Ronnie Stanley's contract got restructured this morning. We'll see. Of course, the Ravens put out a 53-man roster yesterday, but as we said yesterday, we need to see what the next moves are because they are going to put a couple of guys on IR like Charlie Kolar. So there will be more moves that will be coming today. The question becomes, did they specifically free up that money because of something that they think they can do or just because they needed more money to have flexibility during the course of the season should other guys get hurt and you have to sign street free agents so i don't know the answer to that yet but we will see a couple of corresponding moves likely be made today including obviously putting Kenyon drake on the roster so that'll be one of them for sure the interesting part becomes what other what else happens with you know like is J.K. Dobbins going to end up on IR or what, what What other surprise thing might occur? A couple of the interior, or the couple of the front seven guys, veterans like Brent Urban, Steven Means, does one of those guys end up back on the team today, despite the fact they were cut yesterday? Kind of a bummer, Tyler Beatty, cool local story. He gets cut, but I would think there's a spot for him on the practice squad and you know, you can keep watching that for a little while and see if he can't develop into the player. They thought he was going to become. They keep eleven offensive linemen, which is yeah, a lot. It is a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. I I I don't know what that makes you feel about one of these guys, and if that's their way of saying, hey, we know Ronnie Stanley ain't ready, so we need to keep options in order to have more flexibility along the offensive line until he is. A lot of things that you kind of have to read into at the moment, but we'll get a clearer picture of it in the next day or two as they make the corresponding moves, and then we get the kind of real 53-man roster. By the time we get to, say, the end of the week, we'll have a better feel of exactly what it is that they're doing. Still maybe won't have answers on guys that don't get put on IR. Like Dobbins, if he doesn't get put on IR, Stanley's not going to be on IR, still going to have questions about just how ready they are to play football at the beginning of the season and how much this hurts that team. All right. Today's show also brought to you by the Stan the Fan Variety Hour. Tonight, Stan the Fan Charles and Gary Stein will catch up with Towson football coach Rob Ambrose. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline or PressBoxOnline.com slash video if you miss it live tonight. Stan the Fan, Gary Stein and Rob Ambrose previewing Towson Football, which gets underway on Saturday tonight on Facebook Live. We come back in. We'll catch up with our buddy Drew Forrester. We'll play a little Would You Rather Wednesday. That's on the way. Glenn Clark Radio.
2: Boulevard.
0: The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, September 6th at 7 p.m. at Guilford Hall Brewery, 1611 Guilford Avenue in Station North. The Tyus Bowser Show is brought to you by Maryland Vascular
2: Specialists and the all-new Ginsu Grill. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka profiles Ravens tight end Mark Andrews' path to NFL stardom from his late decision to play the sport full time through having to overcome Type One diabetes and more. Also inside, we introduce you to football players at Maryland, Navy, Towson, and Morgan State, and we give you everything you need to know for betting football this season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of demos, ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com Make the most out of it every day in your Toyota
4: RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out BuyAToyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your
2: local Toyota dealer today.
0: Summer is in full swing, and so is the summer seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash fried pork belly with their popular Korean number 2 sauce. And try their South Carolina barbecue chicken, or back by popular demand, the lobster roll with grilled corn. Also try the irresistible crab and lobster fries, or the very berry salad with chicken. And for dessert, the Cracker Jack Sundae with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jacks. This menu will be going, going, gone out more and get your order in at glorydaysgrill.com.
5: Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. To follow the show on Instagram, it's just Glenn Clark Radio. And to follow the show on OnlyFans, wait, I don't think you're supposed to know about that one. Any take it away, boys.
0: Back in here on GCR and Would You Rather Wednesday edition of the program. The scenarios are up, facebook.com slash Radio. Twitter.com slash Radio as well. You can respond there. It's all brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Someone getting a $25 gift card to Glory Days Grill just for participating in Would You Rather Wednesday today. Paul and Ovi Lando, what a breath of fresh air it will be in the near future. When we're seeing the likes of Henderson, Westberg, Norby, Ortiz, etc. for infield options, I told my son Castle is probably on the hot seat going into next season. I hope he can get on back on track, but the Calvary is coming. Cavalry. Not Calvary. cavalry. Cavalry. <laughs> I get it. I mean I'm fighting a losing battle. Um Yeah, Hadsee going to next season. Could be. It could be. I don't I don't know you know who's taking first base next year. Unless they sign someone in free agency. I don't think any of those guys are coming up and playing first base um on opening day of twenty twenty three. So I think Mountcastle's spot will be there. But I think it's more of a, if the opportunity exists in free agency for you to get that bat and that bat is only a guy that plays first base, that's the way it's going to have to go. That's, to me, the danger. The danger is not the guys that are coming up. Not for now. The danger becomes, if Ryan Mountcastle comes back next year and sort of continues to be this guy then at some point you might need to put one of those guys at first base it might very well be that a a Connor Norby just kind of doesn't have a position for him but his bat is so significant that you feel the need that he needs to be in the lineup and he's got to play first base you can't Ryan Mountcastle can't be a sub 300 on base guy and not hit a significant number of home runs there's no way of getting around that he can't be a a. he can't oh boy um because it's it's tough to define right because somebody's going to say well you know let's be fair about this he is a right-handed hitter and Camden Yards is tough and you know you may have to go back and look at the numbers and see you know if it was at last year's ballpark, how many home runs would he have had this season? And I don't know those things off the top of my head, right? I couldn't tell you that right now. Here's what I know is that he's got 24 doubles this year where he only had 23 a year ago. So maybe there's an argument that some of those home runs have turned into doubles because of the ballpark. But he's not hes not hitting better. I, I can't excuse it all based on the ballpark i'm not firing ryan mountcastle i'm saying it's got to get better it's gotta for someone to be promised first base for that to be what you're getting and the ballpark's not going back the way it was is the other thing you got to keep in mind as you make whatever plans you're making you can't say well what if the ballpark was the way it was before that's never going to happen They've got the ballpark they've got now. Like it, don't like it, whatever. They've got to build a team for this ballpark. So what that looks like, to be determined, I guess. But it's irrelevant. You you can't say, well, well, what if the ballpark were the way it used to be? What if? What if they played all their games in Williamsport? What if? What if? They're doing what they're doing. They have to build the team based on the ballpark they have. And right now, questioning whether Ryan Mountcastle is part of that long term is fair. It's fair. I don't know if Ryan Mountcastle is a guy that can be your first baseman for the next five years because I don't know that he can be productive enough to be giving him that position. Drew Forrester is with us. It is a Wednesday edition of the program. DrewsMorningDish.com. Fairways and Greens on 105.7 The Fan. What's going on, pal? How are you?
6: I'm good. I'm juggling a lot of things here this morning. What
0: the hell you got going on?
6: I need, you know what I need is an assistant.
0: Oh, sure. You need an assistant.
6: I mean, I, I've got so much stuff going on, right. and i got to get you. i got to make this 150 from you because yeah. I budget right. that.
0: Right, correct. Well, that's how you're going to pay for your <laughs> assistant, exactly. Like, that's <laughs> how it's going to work. And now I'm... Um, Maybe you should yeah, offer. Maybe you should offer to pay your assistant in coupons.
6: Oh yeah, you know that was a thing that at would, one point. That
0: that was a thing, really. <laughs> a,
6: except we forgot. Except we forgot yeah. when you put.
0: Yeah. Should
6: we tell? Should we tell that story? Oh, or probably fine. Not. I'm,
0: I'm fine with telling this story. Hold I think on. every. I think hold everybody the, knows. Oh, are you, are you at the hold church right now? not go at, anywhere. Yeah, yeah, hold on. Yeah, I think Drew's at the church. So there is this famous story of. Um, Something that was attempted at the old radio station that was called a Upon. And I don't even remember I don't even remember the name of the what was the website where they sold these things? Like they sold I don't I don't even remember what Well what we were, I
6: no, I thought it was I thought it was that when you it was went a U sorry, it was called a
0: Groupon. That's what it was. Groupons remember had a, had a moment. People were really into Groupons because you could buy like yeah, but,
6: a. But we called it Upon. Correct. And when you went to Upon.com, mm-hmm. something else came up that sounded a little bit like Upon, except. It um, um, had a,
0: imagine Y O U P O N. <laughs> Just think about a letter that you could add in there. And what and, would come up and why they might have registered that domain.
6: Right. Yep. And there and, and then some of our clients, who our administrative staff had convinced that this was the next ah, great thing 100 percent said, "Hey, you know, this is not a bad idea. Let me go to the website, yep. to see that if I were to invest my money, yep. yep, what would I get out of that?" And when they went to that website, they saw something else they saw a variety of categories something else Co- college girls <laughs>
0: ma-
6: mature mom
0: there was, I'm,
6: pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty
0: sure uh what was what was the there was a politician who suggested that they were teaching lesbian dance theory uh last week hey, look, and, and i yeah, think that might have been we a category. If,
6: yeah we were nothing if not uh willing to we, we were nothing if not a, if not an adventurous yeah, put, outfit push, back in those push days. Push the
0: envelope a little bit. Push the envelope. Well, uh, anyway, we're yeah. above that now. Are we? Are we though? Yeah. Are, well, you might be because you work for the church. <laughs> you got things going on. Um, what do you? What's What's your take on Ryan Mountcastle? What do you What do you make of it? Like, is Is Ryan Mountcastle part of this thing long term?
6: Well, I'm. I'm. I would have said. I would have said this time last year ish, you know, even though they had a terrible season, I, I was, I was motivated by him. I'm not so motivated by him now. Um, and and I guess what I really should say is I think you have to be willing to say there is such a thing as a sophomore slump where, and you saw it. And uh, I mean, uh, I'll use last night as an example in microcosm. The first time through the order, those dudes couldn't touch Watkins last night. They didn't get a hit till the fourth inning. Once they saw him then then the the you know the glamour wore off. So in Microcosm, he was a little bit like Mountcastle this year. They didn't see a lot of him last year, and when they did, and they threw him strikes, particularly when they threw him fastballs, he was all over those. And then, like they always do, and I think Gavin Sheets talked to you about this a couple weeks ago, like they always do, the pitchers and the, and the coaches say, oh, here's how you get this guy out. Don't throw him any fastballs. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, now, now, now it goes to him. Now he has to figure out how to how to combat this. And it's funny because Gavin as uh, had two more home runs last night. Gavin would tell you, you know, the first half of the season, they beat him. Last year, they didn't know what they were doing with Gavin Sheets. He just threw the ball over the plate, said go ahead and hit it, and he, right. he was decent. Now the first half of this year, he was hitting – about 200 they cut they sent him down for 10 days until someone got hurt and now he's almost hitting 300 well, the last he, well, he's,
0: he's hitting 900 against the orioles i mean yeah, like, right
6: right correct but anyway it, so i guess my short answer to mountcastle is i'm certainly i'm I'm not nearly as you know energized about him as i was probably this time last year but i'm also willing to say if he's really going to be any good as a major leaguer, he, he's going to have to figure this out. And part of that is the coaches are going to have to work with him, right? The coaches are going to have to sit down with him at the end of the year and say, okay, here's, here's why you hit 240, and here's why your on-base percentage was 285 or 295, and here's how you're going to fix it or not. And so, you know, I just I see, I see a guy up there. Now, last night he got a sack. He, he did manage to have a sack fly, but I see a guy that looks – it looks really confused. Yeah. I guess is the easiest way to put it. So,
0: and and by the way, that this was his track record going back to the minors is that he was not disciplined at the plate. He just, you know, he could hit the ball a ton, and so if he ran into one, he was gonna he was gonna run into one, and he could put up numbers that way. Um, I, and my nuanced take is, I'm not telling you that you have to ship him off or that you're firing him or something like that. My nuanced take is, they've got to figure out how they can get better offensively. This this off season. they Well, in
6: general, right? He, they have to figure out how. I mean, he, he, it would help if they could figure out how to do it over the last thirty four games. That
0: would be nice, but I'm I'm <laughs> I'm starting to lean towards the idea that they're probably not going to do that. Um, Gunnar Henderson, they're hoping will be part of the solution now and next season, but they've got to figure out other ways to improve their offense. And my kind of nuanced take is, if one of those ways is that there is a bopper that you can put in the middle of the lineup that's out there that's a left-handed hitting first baseman. I, mm, I, I know I, where one of those is. Yeah, right. I can't say <laughs> Yeah, right. I can't say for sure that I can't do that because I I've got to promise that to Ryan Mountcastle. Like I I'm not running him off. And if he's back next year, then he gets another opportunity to do it. But if the opportunity to upgrade the offense is by finding that guy, I'm not not doing that. It's not like Ryan Mountcastle is untouchable to me or well, we can't do this because Mount Castles here.
6: I would agree. I, I would love to know if he likes any restaurants in Chicago. Right.
0: Just, you're, you're just trying to, trying to figure I'm just out. I'm going to keep pushing. How, you're going to keep um, trying to make that. Uh, speak it into existence. Here's the other
6: thing, too is I, I think he could very easily wind up being Trey Mancini. You know, he could wind up being a guy who, even this year, on a down year, is going to wind up in the 20 home run, you know, 20 ish. Home run zone on a good year like last year. Obviously, he hit thirty three, but he he's he could be Trey Mancini. I mean, and there's nothing wrong with that, but you 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 need more. I uh, guess is sp- the best way, especially
0: especially from your first base. That's the point, right? That really is right. totally the point. You can say, hey, he's also a good defensive first baseman, and the truth is, he's proven to be a pretty good defensive first baseman. Yeah, he's not bad. Right? Absolutely, like, I would agree but, with that. But right. first base, there's only so many places. That you have in your lineup for big bats that can't field. And yeah, first if your second
6: baseman, uh, as an example, I mean, historically, have there been some good hitting second basemen? Obviously. But right. if your second baseman hits 241 and his on base percentage is 305. And he hits and he 20 has, home runs? You know, it, 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 but no, but if he hits eight homers and
0: 49 uh, okay. runs
6: by then, you say, well, that's what the second baseman should do. But we'll take that, you know, that that's somebody's got to hit ninth and hit hit 244. Correct. But when, but, but when you have these positions that historically have offense connected to them and first base is one of them, then you need the offense. It's pretty simple. I mean, they just got to find a better, they got to find a better value there. If it isn't going to be him, then you got to find somebody, got to find somebody to, supplement him
0: for sure Drew Forrester Um, what do you do if if this is if what we've learned over the last 10 days really is as easily definable as Lamar Jackson wants a fully guaranteed contract the Ravens don't want to give it to him if it really is that simple that it's that black and white what do you do?
4: Oh
6: boy I mean I I I kind of wrote about this a little bit this morning. I mean, it it does seem like in the end that this is what it's boiled down to that Eric went to Steve and said, okay, we, we can get the guy right now. And I'm just, again, I'm making this number up. We can get the guy right now for $242,600,000 for, you know, whatever it is, whatever that would be, five years. But you've got to guarantee all $242,600,000. Steve says, I'm not doing it. If that's what it is. And it looked you know, like you said it. It kind of looks like it's come down to that. Um, I, I mean, I don't even. I, you're, I'm not saying your question's weird to pick on you. Like the question's almost weird. Like, what do you do? I I think the Ravens are going to have to make a decision on: do we just move along and franchise him, and all thirty-seven and a half million of that is going to count against the number next year, and you're still stuck with him. I mean not stuck with him, but you 're still stuck with the same dilemma you don 't you, you're playing essentially one year to one year with a a quarterback who could have a phenomenal season, and then in another year you 're going to have to do it again now it 's going to be forty five million and then he'll be a free eight like you know there's no end to it you you either got to do what Seattle give Seattle credit like you can argue all day, yeah, they got rid of a really good quarterback and this year they're going to go four and thirteen, but they also said. We gave the guy a new deal in 2019. We thought it was fair. Um, we know he's coming up on an extension we're, or a new deal. We're, we're not going to give him $250 million guaranteed, so we're just going to trade him. You know, they, they I, finally I drew a line of the saying, said, uh, we're, not, okay, we're not doing it.
0: Okay, but they stink. I mean, like, that's the reality. Right, right, right. That's what I'm
6: saying. Like, the reality is, now they're going to go through a season where the 4-13, and they're going to have to, maybe they don't do that, maybe they go 6-11, but they're going to have to go through a, a rebuilding process. And, um... You know, but but one thing they didn't do was sort of stagger around for a year or two and kind of try to figure out what are we going to do. And it kind of feels like the Ravens are in the beginning stages of that. You know that they're that that, that they know this thing could end. I don't want to say ugly, but this thing could end where they wind up losing their quarterback in a year or two, and they would get something for him if they if they do it right. But, you know, do you really want to be the Texans? Now, I I think Lamar's better than Deshaun Watson, but, you know, the Texans invested all of that time and energy and Watson's a weird example because of all of his personal issues. But if you took those, you know, if you wash those away for a minute, he still hasn't done anything in the league. Cleveland gave him all of that money with no, in no way, shape, or form are they guaranteed to get that kind of you know, return on their investment, and I just feel like uh, I hate to say it, man. I just feel like giving. And you know, the Browns did it right. So that because the Browns did it, that starts now. The Cardinals didn't do it, but that does start the whole landslide of well. The Browns gave that guy two hundred and fifty and guaranteed it. You know, you can give him two hundred and fifty, give him two hundred and thirty, but yep. you got to give him that and guarantee it. And that's where it starts. And yep. and I think. You know, this is the problem around the league, and I know this is not legal, but this is the problem when the owners get around in the room, and they sit around, and they all have their drink of choice, and everyone says, oh, you know, by the way, um, we're not fully guaranteeing any contracts, right, guys?
0: Yeah. We're not, like, yeah, well, so everyone, you, everyone... You don't want to say the word collusion because you're not... Right, you're, right, right. You're, for some reason, Correct. we're not supposed to say the word collusion, but my God, like, let's let's right, be honest about that's what it, it is, is. And it's what yes. they did
6: with Kaepernick, right? I mean, right. there's there's really no doubt that at some point in a room or in a or in a hotel lobby bar, they all stood around and clinked glasses and said that kid's not playing anymore. Right guys. I mean, we all know they did that probably, and of course they did. Right. And, and I'm not saying they did that with this guaranteed thing, but I am certainly, I would suggest to you that, that, that's how it happens, that they all stand around in the room and someone, whether or not it's the guy whose team's worth the most money or the team that doesn't have any money says the one thing we can't do Guys, we can pay these guys forty or fifty million dollars a year if you want to do that. If you're that desperate to win, but here's what we can't do: we can't guarantee them three hundred million personally. And everybody nodded their head except the Browns guy was in the bathroom when that happened. And then he comes out and doesn't, you know, follow. You know, it's almost like a few good men. He doesn't follow the code red. Right. And now we got a now we got an S show right. on our hands because yep. this goof guaranteed this contract. So that leads me to say that I could hear Steve saying to DeCosta, I don't care what they did in Cleveland. I don't care that Haslam's an idiot. I'm not guaranteeing $250 million to anyone.
0: And there's immense pressure from everyone else in the league. Immense pressure to hold the line. The, 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 this is the eternal... Of course. I, I, I tried to explain this yesterday. This is, a, this is a seminal moment in the history of football that's being disguised as a contract dispute. This is... a a potential to change drastically the way that football operates by players trying to force their way into guaranteed contracts.
6: And it becomes, and you can, I mean, the players love it. I don't know that the owners do. It becomes baseball and the NBA. As Soon as you sign, it doesn't matter what you do in the next six years. You're getting $300 million. Yes. As Soon as you sign, you're getting it. And for a long time, the owners in the NFL withstood that pressure mostly because none of them would succumb to it. And they all said the same thing. Like, sure. There's some provisions in the CBA that once the first week is played, we'll guarantee your deal for this year. Yeah. We're okay with that. But what we're not going to do is have you, Get $300 million from me and only catch 21 passes in three years. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. Or throw 16 touchdowns and 21 interceptions, and I still got to give you the 300000000 million? Yeah, I'm it not doing that. That doesn't make sense. So, right. So, so and, and here's what happens, and I, I, I'm sure like you, when I listen to local talk radio, it's become a... Um, it, it is a little bit of a polarizing topic um, because, it you know, there's a certain segment of the community that believes you just give them the $250 million, right? And and so that's what drives sports talk. Just give them the 250 I don't understand. Just give them the 250 And then you get the other half of the people who say, and it may not be half, but you have another segment of people who say, well, he hasn't won anything. Why are you giving him $250 million? He hasn't want anything. But the problem with that is... You're saying that, and he's still one of the five, four, six, or whatever your number is. He's still one of the five or six best quarterbacks in the league. You, you, if, you, if you don't want to pay him, fair enough, but you're giving away one of the five or six best quarterbacks in the league. Like, and I know they wouldn't give him away, but, you know, you're you're, you're doing this, you're saying this, and if he's gone, who's quarterbacking? Tyler Huntley? Okay, that might be good for two games, right. but...
0: Right, correct. Maybe, you know, maybe maybe so, you could beat the Jets with that. Maybe,
6: right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, finally, if the, the Lamar got the bird flu today and couldn't play the whole season, yeah. then they might win seven games with that guy, eight games, but that's not enough, right? Right? Right. So, it is a it's a it's really um, dude. It, it, it is it a is... really divisive, interesting topic. You know, it, it's weird. It kind of is happening to us because usually if it happens to other teams, and we all have a. Different opinion now that it's happened to us. And here is the thing: I I think this is probably the most.
0: This is not hyperbolic. I think it's the most interesting thing that I've. If if it really is as black and white as I think it is, it's the most interesting thing that, as far as a contract is concerned, we've ever come across in as long as I've been here.
6: Right, and here's the thing about it too. I think. I think if you are level-headed about this, you can see both sides of it. It it, it really, it really isn't like, dude. F that. Boshati's got all the money in the world. Just give him the two fifty. Like you can understand where someone wouldn't want to fully guarantee a six, five or six year contract for a performance that you may or may not get. But it's 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 even bigger than that.
0: If the moment that you've done that, you do it, you have now made it a trend. You have changed the course of football. By the trend is now, every quarterback gets a guaranteed deal. And the moment every quarterback gets a guaranteed deal, you know what the next step is. The next step is that Aaron Donald turns in and says, well, why is my deal not fully guaranteed?
4: Oh, 100%. The, right, moment, yeah, I mean,
0: it's... the moment it's a trend, you are entering into the era of fully guaranteed contracts. And I, someone's argument would be good. These guys risk significant injury all the time they should get fully guaranteed contracts. That's fine. I'm not even going to bother to argue about it because I'm not fully certain of exactly what I think my opinion is of that. But I'm going to tell you it is a massive sea change in the history of football, and you have to recognize the significance of it. Like, you have to note. Whatever your opinion is, that is a drastic sea change in the history of the game.
6: Right, and you may wind up not wanting to be that guy. And, And I... I mean, I, I, like I said, I do see both parts of it. I see, I see what they gave Watson, and if I'm Lamar, I say I'm way better than that guy. And whatever he got, I deserve. And I also do wonder, and I don't even know what the bullet points are to this, but I really do wonder if this would be happening if he had an agent.
0: Um, I don't know because I, I really I, do wonder. I, while I hear you I also have heard that there is a bit more pressure on him from other players to say hey we need you to go fight because Kyler didn't um, that, that the players are looking at this as a seminal moment on the whole to say some somebody's got to go fight for everybody else um,
6: okay but if he had an agent would this I don't know. Somehow be better. And I don't either. I don't I know. know what I'm I saying. I but I do, think that that's a, I do think that's a legitimate question. All right. Like, let's... if he had an agent, would it be different?
0: I, I think the more likely scenario is that if he had an agent, maybe this would have gotten done before Deshaun Watson, and this wouldn't be a problem at this point. But boy, Okay. Boy. I think
6: that's... yeah. I think that's potentially accurate.
0: All right, Uh, let's squeeze in. Would you rather Wednesday? Would you rather Wednesday is brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Of course, Drew and I are big Glory Days Grill fans. We have had so many wings, ribs, burgers at Glory Days Grill in our lives that um, I I basically can I can kind of I've almost memorized the menu at this point at Glory Days Grill um it's football season you're going to want wings you're going to want the place to hang out watch all the games on saturdays the atmosphere is insane at glory days grill for college football glorydaysgrill.com uh would you rather number one speaking of this would you rather today the ravens announce a 200 million dollar guaranteed contract for lamar jackson or the orioles announced they've given adley Rutschman the julio rodriguez deal
6: Hmm.
7: Hmm.
6: Hmm. Wow. Hmm. I don't know. I like, I like what I've seen from Rutschman. <laughs> um, but I would probably say the Lamar contract because of the, um, I just, I would say that I would file it under Lamar's done it. Adley's doing it. Okay. Does that make sense? Okay. I, yeah, I would say Lamar because I think Lamar has proven. Look, I think we all know Rutschman's going to. When by the time Rutschman gets to the Red Sox, he's going to be a sixty million dollar a year it, player.
0: Stop it! Stop it! All right, number two. Are you familiar with what happened at the Brewers game the other night? At the whose game? The Brewers game. There was a message on the scoreboard. Someone got. Frightened. Oh, I did. I, I, he, I, I, I saw did. About I did see that. I right. didn't see that. What's so, my record. Yeah, imagine you're 22 years old and uh, you like a girl. Would you rather get friend-zoned publicly the way that Mark did at the Brewers game the other night? Or she'll, she'll go out with you, but only if you do what the loser of this year's picks contest is going to have to do. You have to consume a worm and cricket burger. Mm, you know, put me up on the board. You're going to go ahead and get embarrassed. You're going to go yeah. ahead and um, deal with that. Oh, yeah, that yeah, yeah. Public.
6: 100%. 100%. Uh,
0: and number three, would you rather? You got to bet $1,000 on one of these two scenarios. Oh, either, yeah. either, yeah, I know. I know. Either on the, the field, a team not named Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, or Georgia winning the national championship, or on Maryland football winning eight games this season.
6: Um,. I would say that Maryland's an upset or two away from winning eight. Anyway, they should win six with their eyes closed. I'll take Maryland.
0: All right. Uh, what's coming up on fairways and greens this Sunday?
6: Fairways and greens is done for the year. We oh. ended it last oh. weekend because of the tour championship. Oh. we went out the way Rory McIlroy did. That's with right. A bang.
0: That's with a bang. Um. <laughs> uh, is it, by the way, does, does anything besides Cameron Smith matter from the group that left this week?
6: Well, I would say the, the Warner does matter a little bit and. I wrote about it this morning, Drew's Morning Dish. Like, I'm i a little surprised by him. I, I did think, I, I know they, they reportedly, they were offering him $35 million back in the spring, and he turned it down. And I, I kind of thought he would have, re, I, I, if I were advising him, I would have said to him, The one area that you could really make an impact, all this throwing the game garbage, which he refuted yesterday by saying, dude, I did this for the money. money, And I give him credit. He said it. They gave me an offer I couldn't refuse, so I took it. The one thing I would have said to him and advised him is, you, as an African-American, are in an incredibly unique position in golf. Incredibly. And with, you know, Tiger's career, December 15th of his career, and there being no other, there are some biracial players on tour, Joe Bramlett and um, um, Cameron Champ, but you being right now, the sole African-American on tour who's fully exempt, you have a unique opportunity. If your golf justifies it, you have a unique opportunity to make Ryder Cup teams, to make President's Cup teams. And if you make those teams, your cachet and the spotlight on you is increased exponentially. And if you really want to grow the game, that's, that's a you know an unbeatable way to grow the game is get on that Ryder Cup team, uh, yeah. get on those President Cup teams, and him moving on and going to live eliminates those prospects for now. Yep. And I, I, I would say – that would, you know, the other guys are kind of eyewash. I mean, Neiman's a nice player, but nobody really cares if he's on the tour or not. Leishman's kind of done. Nobody knows who he is. Um, Tringale is, you know, he won $17 million. His claim to fame is he won $17 million, and he's never won a golf tournament. And no one on the tour a, currently can. God, can that's brag a hell of that.
0: How do you, how do you sign up for that? It's an incredible.
6: Yeah. It's incredible I've, I've stat, never right?
0: won a golf tournament.
6: And where's my seventeen right. million? Right. Jeez. So I would say that the one guy that matters, and and frankly to me personally, I would say Varner matters much more than Cam Smith. That Varner is an American. He's from North Carolina. He went to college in North Carolina. He he could have been, you know, he could have been a face of golf. And particularly within his, you know, within his race, he could have yeah, been yeah, golf. No doubt. And it's and it's kind of it's kind of a bummer to
0: me personally. All right. Uh, at it's a hooded foreign on Twitter, Drews dot Appreciate you, pal. We'll talk to you next Wednesday. See you. Drew Forrester joining us here on GCR. Uh, hour number one of today's show is in the books. We'll just keep rolling right along. Today's show is also brought to you by the Tyus Bowser Show, which returns. Next Tuesday night, September sixth, we're gonna be at Guilford Hall Brewery, sixteen eleven Guilford Avenue in Station North. Guilford Hall Brewery is where we're gonna be for the Tyus Bowser show. We are back this season. Myself, the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard, will be joined by Tyus and special guests. Basically, every other Tuesday throughout the course of the season we we'll move around a little bit um, in the middle of the year. We're still finalizing some of those dates, but the first four shows of the year have already been announced, and you can go find out more information right now at pressboxonline.com slash bowser. That's pressboxonline.com slash bowser is where you can get that information for the Tyus Bowser Show. Tyus Bowser Show is brought to you this year by Maryland Vascular Specialist, the all-new Ginsu Grill. We look forward to seeing you out around town this season for the Tyus Bowser show. If you didn't come out and join us at all last year, it was just an unbelievable amount of fun. And beyond that, I think people always wonder, like, oh, I'm gonna get there and I'll be nowhere. Tyus is like the most giving, thoughtful player I've ever come across. I, I don't know that I've ever seen anybody like make more time for people that come out to say hello, shake hands, kiss babies, it's incredible. I mean, he's, he's remarkable in that way. So uh, one autograph and a picture per person. You can't, if you're a collector, thats gonna you've got to deal with that on your own time. But you come out, you can get one autograph per person and uh, a picture with Tyus and a special guest. That gets underway next Tuesday night. We will be at um, Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. Tyus Bowser's show, a partnership of PressBox and Grade 8's memorabilia. If you happen to miss it live, you'll be able to listen Friday nights on 105.7 The Fan this season as well. Uh, break? Good? Okay, good. I'm told. So I'll sit here, I I guess. All right, let's grab a break. When we come back in, we're going to meet uh, Gunnar Henderson's high school coach, Stephen Clemens. Find out about the newest Orioles. Glen Clark Radio.
8: Hey, Birdland, arrive early at the yard on Saturday, September 3rd when the first 15,000 fans 15 and over will receive the first ever Orioles soccer jersey presented by Pepsi. Don't miss out on this brand new crossover kit before the Orioles clash with the Oakland A's at 7.05 at the ballpark that forever changed baseball. What better way to celebrate Labor Day weekend than with your favorite home team on a Saturday night? Great seating options are available and tickets start as low as $15 at Orioles.com tickets.
4: That first sip, that first bite, Mm. start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms.
8: Hey, Birdland, arrive early at the yard on Saturday, September 3rd, when the first 15,000 fans 15 and over will receive the first-ever Orioles soccer jersey presented by Pepsi. Don't miss out on this brand-new crossover kit before the Orioles clash with the Oakland A's at 7.05 at the ballpark that forever changed baseball. What better way to celebrate Labor Day weekend than with your favorite home team on a Saturday night? Great seating options are available, and tickets start as low as $15 at Orioles.com tickets
5: 22 baseball season is in full swing, and the future is brighter than ever for your Baltimore Orioles. I'm Paul Valley, And I'm Zach Goodman. And together we bring you the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon with everything you need to know about the Orioles and baseball as a whole. From veterans like Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, and Ryan Mountcastle to young stars like Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, and D.L. Hall. We've got you covered for every game, every pitch, and every debut. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash Sports. Or you can listen at Pressboxonline.com/slash radio. So join us live on the Bat Round every Saturday from ten AM to noon right here at Pressbox Sports.
0: Summer is in full swing, and so is the summer seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, Flash Fried Pork Belly with their popular Korean number two sauce. And try their South Carolina barbecue chicken, or back by popular demand, the lobster roll with grilled corn. Also try the irresistible crab and lobster fries or the very berry salad with chicken. And for dessert, the Cracker Jack Sunday with a waffle, ice cream, and cracker jacks. This menu will be going, going, gone. Find out more and get your order in at glorydaysgrill.com glory days grill great food good
2: sports the latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka profiles Ravens tight end Mark Andrews' path to NFL stardom from his late decision to play the sport full-time through having to overcome type 1 diabetes and more. Also, inside, we introduce you to football players at Maryland, Navy, Towson, and Morgan State, and we give you everything you need to know for betting football this season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of demos, ravens, and turps at PressBoxOnline.com
5: It's statistically proven that the show sounds better if you're not wearing pants, like me, right now. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio.
0: All right, back in here on GCR as we continue on a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of the program. Continue to get me your responses for Would You Rather Wednesday, brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Someone will win a $25 gift card. Let's spend a couple of minutes. We believe it's Gunnar Henderson Day. We know he's coming up to join the team. Whether he plays or not would still be determined, but we believe it's Gunnar Henderson Day here in Baltimore. So let's find out a little bit more about Gunner. Joining us now, a man who knew him, dating back to high school. He was his coach at the Morgan Academy down in Alabama. He is Coach Stephen Clements, and he's with us now here on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us.
9: Hey Glenn, how are you all buddy?
0: Everything is good up here man. We're really excited. Obviously, we got uh the number one of the number one maybe the number one prospect in all of baseball coming to join the Orioles. Um can you take me back coach? Y- your first interactions with Gunner, maybe even the first time you knew like boy, this this kid, this kid's something else. He might be special.
9: Yeah, by the time Gunner was a senior, it was pretty evident that that he was special. You know, even even making routine plays was, it was just different. You know, the ball off his bat was different. And the way he had attacked the baseball and the way he played the game was just, it was just totally different than, than everybody. And we had some really good players at that time, uh, really good players. And, um, man, he just he just changed the game in ways that you couldn't imagine, whether it was running bases or, or you know, motivating his team or, or hitting the ball 400 foot. It was just, it was crazy how much different he was than, than everyone else.
0: Um. Did you know, like, on on a beyond baseball, the type of person he was, what drove him? Did you sense that that maybe separated him as well a little bit?
9: Yeah. Um. Gunner, you know, Gunner's a great baseball player, but even a even a better person than he is a baseball player, and that's that's kind of hard to believe when when everyone was scouting him. You know, they were at at the high school. 30 and 40 at the time and uh you know they're all talking to us and they're going coach give me something negative on gunner you know tell me something tell me something negative what's the downside and i couldn't tell them anything wow. so you know my biggest thing was i would tell them. i said I tell you what you go over there to, to our janitor and you talk to him and you see if he can tell you something negative about gunner and every one of them for the most part they would they'd go talk to him and you know even the janitor was just like man this, this kid's special it's, it's always yes or no sir you know, what can I help you do if it's picking up trash around the school or, or whatever it is, he was he was just that kind of guy and, and that that just gives acclimates to his parents. You know, they just they raised him right and, and he had a great family and they supported him and so he's Baltimore is in for a treat with Gunnar Henderson. He's gonna be a he's gonna be a fan favorite.
0: Coach he comes in you know, he's gonna be arriving in the middle of a playoff race and with an Orioles offense that's struggling and you know, with the hype of having been on the cover of Baseball America and being named their number one prospect in all of baseball, knowing what you know of him, how do you think he handles the pressure of all of that as he arrives?
9: I don't think it'll faze him a bit. I mean, Gunnar and I, we usually talk once once a week or once every two weeks. And, you know, most of the time when we talk, we'll talk a little bit of baseball, but most of the time it's just, you know, just kind of shooting, shooting the bull and and you know me checking in on him and seeing how he's how he's doing physically and mentally. And I mean, every time I talk to him, he's just he's coach. I'm ready. You know, I, I'm ready to to do whatever it takes to to help my team and my franchise win. And I think he'll come in, and I think he'll come in, and and he'll make he'll make an impact immediately. I mean, he's just that kind of player that that that's all he knows to do is win. I mean, he's just a winner.
0: I like everything about that man. <laughs> I like everything about what you're saying, Coach Stephen Clemens. Uh, with us here on GCR, of course, coached uh, Gunnar Henderson down at the Morgan Academy in Alabama. Coach, ex- explain to people, you know, one of the things that's, that's unique is sometimes, you know, like, you know, somebody is just a prodigious power hitter or, you know, it, there's ways to define certain players. Gunner, because he can play, you know, multiple different positions, he's never really settled in at one during his pro career – We've we've seen him hit. Like, how would you define Gunner Henderson as a baseball player? Is there a baseball player that you would be willing to compare Gunner Henderson to?
9: Yeah, I think it's hard. It's hard to compare. You know, it's hard to compare players. People throw that out there all the time. But I can tell you what Gunner will, will be. He'll be the best shortstop, or he'll be the best first baseman, or if they need him to go play center field, he'll be the best center fielder. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. I mean. When you have a kid like him that, that works as hard as he works, and and it's the small things. I mean, he does things on a baseball field that you can't coach, you can't teach. It, you know, just anything, whether it's stretching a single into a double, or if you got to have a stolen base, or you know, if if you got to hit a home run, you know, whatever it takes. I remember one time we were playing in Gulf Shores, and we we're playing in a big tournament down there, and um, against these huge schools. You know, we're a small school here, at Morgan. We we're playing against these huge schools from. I think it was from uh, maybe from Oklahoma or somewhere. We're in the championship game, and uh, you know Gunner's Gunner's cousin, Brayton Brown, went to Auburn. He was a very good baseball player too. Well, Gunner, we're in the last inning, and Gunner is leading off for us that inning. And uh, I kind of stopped him between the innings, and I said, "All right," I said, "Gee, when you get on right here, I said we're going to steal second. Brayton takes first pitch. We're going to steal second. I said, Brayton, you're going you're going to drive him in. Let's win this thing." And Gunner said, and Gunner never says anything. You know what I mean? He's, he's real quiet. and not, not quiet, but he's just reserved. Never said anything about himself. He said, hold on a minute, Coach. He said, oh, I'm not singling right here. He said, I'm doubling. <laughs> and he hits the ball. He gets the ball off the wall, and the right fielder hadn't even moved by the time it hits the wall. And I think he ends up getting a triple when everybody else would have got a double because they'd have been walking out of the box. And I just look up, and I'm like, man, what in the world? Man,
0: I like everything about that. I like everything about that. It's calling the shots too. Um, th- does he? Is there ever a danger in him trying to do too much? Like, was there ever a, you know, like he put too much of it on himself and tried to carry, um, the, the team on his back when, when, when you know it's not possible for one guy to go out and win baseball games on their own.
9: You know, I, I look for that all year. You know, his senior year was just with all the hype and all the scouts being here. I mean, it was gosh, it was 30 or 40 here every game. And we're setting up all these, you know, individual BPs for Gunner. And he's having to come out every Tuesday and, and all these guys are watching him, you know, so I just sort of watched him and I'm like, you know, how how can I help this young man kind of settle down? But I didn't, and I didn't do nothing. He was just like, at, matter of fact, I thought he, I thought he could have put a little more pressure on himself wow. and, and made it a little more selfish, but man, he didn't. He just, everything about him was, was about, Morgan Academy and our baseball team, and you know, you never heard him talk about the next level. You never heard him talk about any of that. Everything was game to game. Hey, let's go win. Next pitch, let's go get it. That's cool.
0: That's really cool. Can you can you tell us, you know, coach, before we let you go, and we really enjoyed this. Can you give us a sense of what this means? You mentioned Morgan Academy is not a big school, but you guys have, you know, you know, you've had other guys go to Auburn. You've had other guys have some success. Um, If he if he's playing tonight, what does this mean to the community down there? Is it you know, everybody's glued to their TV. That he just matters that much to folks down that way. Can you paint the picture of of who Gunner is for that community down that
9: way? Oh man, it's it's huge for this community. You know, a little small town, and uh, just a young man that's ever that's always done everything right. And you know, all eyes are on him. You know, they'll be they'll be glued into the TVs tonight. And I tried my best. You know, I didn't find out until late actually early, early this morning that he got the call and, uh, tried my best to get on the plane and get there and just couldn't find a way to get there. So uh, everybody here will be glued to the TV and and they'll, nobody will have the support that Gunner will have. I mean, Baltimore, I'm telling you, Baltimore is in for a treat and, and they're going to fall in love with this young man. And, and, you know, they've had some great players. You talk about Cal Rifkin and, and players like that, but you know, not dare comparing Gunner to any of those because you can't compare players. But they're in for a treat from this young man, just the way he's going to hold himself, the way he's going to hold his teammates, and, and the way he's going to lead. And, you know, the, the way he'll hold himself in the community, they'll, they'll just fall in love
0: with him. Love it. And we've enjoyed our conversation with him. He does seem remarkable, so we're excited about it. Um, uh, coach, we're hoping to see you in Baltimore at some point. Reach out to us. Let us know when. We'll, we'll treat you to a crab cake, all right? That'll be a promise whenever you're able to make your trip up this way to come see him. I'm,
9: planning, uh, on, I, it's I'm a, planning on being there on Saturday.
0: On Saturday? All right, hit hit us up this weekend. We will try to figure out a way to get together and make that happen. Coach, congratulations. Uh, I know what a moment um, this must be for you, your entire program. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes and telling us a little bit more about Gunner this morning.
9: Hey, thank you, guys. It's my pleasure. Steven
0: Clements, the uh, coach at Morgan Academy uh, down in Alabama, and, of course, knows Gunner Henderson quite well. You like everything he says there. And as always, look, I get it whenever we have one of these types of conversations with a coach. Certainly no coach is ever going to come on and say, ah, I don't think this guy's any good. But it's just nice to hear some of those stories. That's really why we do it, is to, to get a little bit more color about, you know, exactly the type of person, exactly the type of things that Gunnar Henderson can do. So I enjoyed that conversation. Today's show is also brought to you by Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning, 11.40 a.m. And then Weekend at Bookies tomorrow returns. We do that every other Thursday at 11.40 a.m. as well. Simply Bets Tuesdays, Weekend at Bookies, every other Thursday brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel so we get you ready for big weekend college football betting. We'll also be making our first picks of the season. Yeah, um, I don't know if you've been reading the news. I'm, of course, a well-educated man. And so I read I take all the papers and there was a story that was getting a lot of play that perhaps in the future worm burgers could be what solves uh food crises within our country and in the world. Now, I have since learned that these alleged worm burgers are not like patties made out of just worms. They're apparently I, I don't I don't know that God, Tim from Bel Air was trying to explain it to me last night Because Tim from Bel Air is our resident uh, bet chef uh, Tim says Did some research It's basically a veggie patty With worm meal flour Well that's not that gross I'm not saying that I'm interested in it Or that I'm going to be a Worm burger guy In the future But that wouldn't seem like a good bet To pay off So I said back to him but could we make a worm patty? Like, is that possible? To which Tim said, Glenn, it's me. I can make whatever we need. I can render effing worm fat to fry the burgers in. I don't even know if it's a thing, but it should be. He even offered to make a uh, slug of fries somehow to serve on the side, which if I'm being honest, might take him up on. So we will bring back our in-house picks contest. Uh, KZ is going to join us on Thursdays during the season, despite the fact that he retired. So Ken will check in. Um, John Proctor, Andrew Stecka, the regulars, I, I'm assuming Kyle Ottenheimer is still in. Paul Valley confirmed that he wants to get in, was not here for a full football season in order to be part of it. Um, Griffin has not told me definitely, but I, I'm not really giving him a choice. And we'll do it the same way we've always done it, a little bit of cash, not enough that's you know making a difference one way or the other, a little bit of cash. But the big thing that we're playing for all season long will be whether or not you have to be the one that consumes the worm burger at the end of the year. Now, what I'm adding to it, and we'll talk more about this tomorrow, what I'm adding to it is that the loser will also have to dress up in honor of it being a worm burger. The loser will also have to dress up in either... Scotty Too of course, was famous for The Worm, or Dennis Rodman, The Worm Regalia. And I'm leaning towards if it's Dennis Rodman, we do it with the wedding dress. Like, I love... That was my favorite Dennis Rodman. Like, you still have to dye your hair. Although, I don't know, Steck is bald, so I don't know what we'd do about that. Maybe make him dye his beard instead. Make him have to wear a wig for, like... No, because then he doesn't have to dye something. Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. We'd have to dye something. Okay. I... And Steck has lost a lot. Like he's been a regular loser of. Our so picks should I be worried? Well, I think that as long as Steck is in the competition, <laughs> you're you're in good shape. Um, but but think about that. I want all the boys to vote either Scotty two. We either dress up a Scotty Too hottie, and then you got to frost your tips again. That's the difficulty of this because Steck really screws it up by not having any jerk being bald. What's wrong with you? So we need him to do something with his beard. It's would, a good good strategy trade off. No, we didn't. We need, we, need, we need a commitment from him somehow. He's got to tell us what he'd do instead. But either Rodman or Scotty Tuhati, and then we need to add a third. We need a musical performance as well. But the centerpiece of this is that Tim from Bel Air is going to make a, a, a burger patty out of worms, and you are going to have to consume it. And now I would like him to add crickets as well because I saw that apparently that's a thing too. Worm and cricket burger. You're going to have to consume all of it if you lose our picks contest this season. All right? Okay, yeah, no problem. No problem. I'm also a former loser. I had to eat the bull balls that goes Ugh. that way. That's the way it goes. That's
1: still like a delicacy
0: though. Like, it is not. I want to make that abundantly <laughs> clear. It ain't. Worm I don't know Sims, who's, I don't know support. who told you that. Not a delicacy. I assure you. Joining us now. It's time for us to make our weekly trip to Bowie. Chat with a member of the Bay Sox. This guy was having a great season at the single A level. So, a couple weeks back, he got the call up to double A. I've heard a lot of people talking him up. A lot of his teammates have been gassing him up as a guy we should be paying attention to. He's Bay Sox outfielder John Rhodes. He's with us now here on JCR. John, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Yeah, no problem, man. Love to talk. I don't know how much of that conversation you just heard. Uh, John, what's the grossest food you've ever consumed in your life?
7: The grossest food? Yeah. Oh, man. <sighs> I could go so many different ways with this. Um, honestly, <laughs> um,
0: I don't know. Really? You don't have I, I have no idea okay i i say I'm this i'm trying to think off the top of my head i want but, I, I want man, you I, I'm, I'm assuming that the boys that i'm assuming that you and the guys maybe do you guys play fantasy football at all like are you into that type oh, of, absolutely, okay absolutely so we've had in-house um with a, a group of people that worked with the show friends of the show we've had a picks league for a few years and let's just mm-hmm. say john wrote uh, we like we came to you and said, hey john would you, what did you want to join our picks league? It's only a little bit of money. It's not really about the money. It's really about embarrassing the loser. This year, the loser <laughs> is going to have to eat a burger made out of worms and crickets. Would you be down for joining that picks league?
7: Yeah, absolutely not. I don't trust my fantasy team enough.
0: It's no. This is not fantasy. This is just picking the winners. This is just picking the games. Oh. Oh, no, I still don't trust It's <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. I tried. I had to at least extend the offer. I had to go for it. Hey, um, John, uh, getting, the, getting the call, moving up, bumping up the AA level um, and getting there. Just Let's go back a couple of weeks. How good does it feel to know the organization has seen the work that you're putting in, believes that you're on the right track, and gives you that bump up, and you get that shot to move up to the next level?
7: It's great, man. It's, it's a, it was a pretty special day. Um, I mean, you're, you're in Aberdeen for, you know, a few months. It feels like a while, man. And you're just like, you know, like hope everything I'm doing is paying off. And so, like I said, it's exactly how you think it'd be. It's, you know, it's great, great to call your family and everything. And like, I don't know, it it feels rewarding knowing like all the work you're putting in daily is not going unnoticed. So it's great. I've, I've loved it so far. Um, And I've had a good time, you know, meet a new clubhouse and, being around a new staff and everything. So it's been great. And
0: tell me about the adjustment, right? Cause obviously, you know, somebody would point out, Hey, you know, got kind of a bit of a slow start at the next level, but that's, that's typically the way this works, right? Like most guys don't get bumped up a level and hit 500 for the first couple of weeks. <laughs> um, wh- yeah. Yeah. Not- what, what is, what's the most significant thing about the adjustment to double A? I think just the quality of
7: player. Um, I think the pitchers are just a little bit more refined. So, you know, I think in, in single A, if, you know, you got a really nasty breaking ball, somebody would follow it up kind of with a pitch to hit, and you could kind of get away with, you know, spitting on that breaking ball. But I feel more with here, it's like the pitchers are more refined. You know, they're here for a reason. And if you get that nasty breaking ball and you spit on it, you might get it again. There are three more times, and the next thing you know, you're walking back to the dugout. So little things like that, you got to be able to hit. I think pitcher's pitches better. Um, just, just a little bit like the quality of the, the hitter's, are a lot better too. So the pitchers, you know, have to be better. So, um, I think that's the main thing. It's just the quality. I mean, there, there's, cause there was talent in high a for sure, but it's like it's talent plus polish here is what I'm picking up. So
0: do you feel like you're facing like major leaguers now? Like that you when you, when you go out, you're like that guy's either that guy's going to be in the major leagues basically every night. It's...
7: Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Like, I mean, two weeks ago, um, I mean, Debbie Garcia was on. Yeah. Somerset's staff, and I mean, he pitched, <laughs> postseason for the Yankees I mean two years ago or a year ago and I'm like well I mean if that's what a big league and, you know and he was you know one of their looked like a normal starter for them and I'm like well if that is a big leaguer then this dude's a big leaguer, <laughs> big leaguer. you know so it uh that's what some of the older guys here have told me I was like you know man I these big leaguers are pretty unbelievable hitting 300 off he's I was like if I was like if I can't get a hit off these double A arms like you know how are these big leaguers doing it off these big league arms he's like John these are big leaguers. They're just a year away. <laughs> He's God. like, you got to know that. And I was like, okay. You know, so it helps you settle down a little bit. But, yeah, man, it's it's pretty it's pretty crazy, especially in this Eastern League, um, how much talent there is just through and through. So it's been pretty impressive, honestly.
0: John Rhodes is with us from the Bowie Bay Sox here on Glenn Clark Radio. John, there are a couple of things that jumped out at me when I was doing some background work on you. I, I did not know the story of you breaking your back and, and how you had to become an outfielder. Can you – can you take us back? Like, that's a pretty significant thing for someone to go through and on paper it sounds like it's almost miraculous that you're playing baseball at all at this point.
7: <laughs> yeah, it was pretty uh pretty tough time. Sorry, there's a dog right here. Oh, here you
0: um, oh come on, we actually like that even better now. Now <laughs> 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 Yeah, that nope. was awesome.
7: Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think I guess it was freshman year of high school. Um I was juggling a lot and um you know, growing at the same time. And I think I just got a little, little bit of overuse in my back and um, had a check swing in a travel ball tournament and kind of went in. And like I said, I was a catcher at the time. I was getting recruited to college as a catcher. And um, they went in and they're like, well, you have like four fractured vertebrae and like two more bulging discs and everything. And they're like, we have to shut you completely down for four or five months and you might not ever be able to catch or play, honestly, play baseball game if it doesn't heal. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So I had, uh, So I had like, four or five college offers at the time. And I really, you know, I'm from Tennessee. I kind of wanted to go to Tennessee. But Kentucky was the only one that recruited me not as a catcher. So I went ahead and committed early because I was like, I don't know if I'll ever be able to, like, return to baseball again the same. So I was like, I'm just going to take the gamble myself here. And so I committed to Kentucky. And they, like, rode with – they stuck with me through the whole thing because I really couldn't play baseball for – you know that whole year wow and then kind of came out the other side and was like well i mean i'm gonna have to try to play outfield now so i've been picking up on outfield the last you know five or so years but you know thank god because you know that that, like i said there was that time where i would sit i remember it was after school and I, i couldn't do anything all my friends would be practicing doing other like basketball stuff and i would have to sit in like one of my teachers like office or one of my teacher's rooms like waiting for my brother to finish like basketball practice and i was like man like what if this is really it for like my athletic career? You know, like I just I didn't know there's so much unknown. So I'm so thankful that everything's worked out how it has today. And it's crazy. I mean, it was a wild ride, but it makes me so appreciative of you know everything getting to go out here every day and just play. You know, because it was could have been over like that
0: man. before it even started. Man, so that crazy. is crazy. That is wild, dude. That is wow. Well, I'm glad it worked out. <laughs> I want to make that the yeah, oh, really clear. Absolutely. Yeah, right. Um, Absolutely. And then I saw in your Kentucky bio this quote, and I want to know where it came from because I love this quote, your favorite quote, confidence isn't walking into a room thinking you're better than everyone. It's walking in and not having to compare yourself to anyone at all. I love that. Um, where did that come from?
7: You know, honestly, I saw that on Twitter. Um, it was like a J.J. Watt quote. And I think it, you know, its I think it's so true because when I got to U.K., Um, you know, when you you walk into an SEC baseball program as an 18-year-old, you're kind of like, you look to your left and right, and I mean, you're grown men, and just absolutely killing the ball, and you compare yourself to every little detail and all this stuff, and like, I'm not good enough, I'm not this, and then I started playing a little bit, and, you know, I was like, okay, like, I have to be myself, and, like, if I'm myself, like, and I worry about that, and I worry about, like, how good they're doing, how good they're doing, like, that's true confidence, and, like, I'm confident in myself, and so... I ended up, like I said, I ended up playing, obviously, and but that rings true in pro ball as well. Is like you come here and you have Colton Cowser to your left, you have Connor Norby, right? You have Joey Ortiz, all these guys, and you're like, if you compare yourself to them and you're worried about all this, like, man, you're really, you're really not secure of your own abilities, and you got to be able to walk your own path and be able to be able to be like, okay, this dude's great, this dude's great, and like I'm great as well, like I'm not confident, right? right. So like, yeah, not being like, well, they do this better than me, they do the best. Like, no, nah, man, you're insecure about yourself, like you have to be truly confident in your own abilities or you you don't stand any chance in this game because everybody's too good.
0: Uh, look, there's a lot of reasons why I was never going to make it as an athlete, but among them was I was the guy that really didn't want to be the guy that was coming up with the game on the line. And I was, like, hoping one of the <laughs> better I- – Hopefully this works out that one of the better players is at the plate <laughs> yeah, in those moments. best mindset. Yeah, Hold it up. was never going to work for me. Like, <laughs> I could not do that. I'd be like, oh, no. I would start doing the math in my head. I'd be like, oh, crap. This this could end up being me. Oh, I wish it was one of the good hitters. <laughs> that's so bad. Dude, it's so bad. But it was, again, a realize, realization that I'm going to end up talking about sports, not playing sports for hey. a living. It all worked that's out. the it way all worked it's out. going to go um, I was too pragmatic I knew who the good players were John Rhodes <laughs> with us just another couple minutes here on GCR uh, the Bay Sox by the way are back home next week as uh, the regular season is winding down next week the final homestand of the regular season it starts on Tuesday against Richmond includes Wolf Wednesday and Military Appreciation Night Adley Rutschman bobblehead giveaway and it's a football bobblehead celebrating when he was the kicker at oregon state which is very cool so much great stuff going on get the base socks.com in order to find out more um you know john as as we reference you know that that adjustment what what what's next for you like what do you say hey this has to be my focus the rest of the way this year going into the offseason here's the thing that i know i need to keep getting better at or be more consistent about like what what is the priority for you
7: Yeah. So for me, it's honestly just refining my, my approach. So like, like I mentioned earlier, like I could kind of, you know, hunt one pitch and worry about getting a mistake in high A and hammering that mistake. But really here, it's like challenging myself to be able to hit, you know, different speeds because I feel like pitchers can control different or more pitches here too. So I'm just challenging myself to be on time for, you know, basically the fastball and be able to adjust off if I get a good pitch to hit early in the count instead of taking it and then being down in the count. So, you know, that's something we're working on. It's just refining my approach here and learning how to, you know, just hit the ball harder, more consistently. And, you know, just so overall, nothing nothing numbers-wise, you know, just sure. everything, like, underneath the hood because these last three, four weeks, however long we have, just cleaning that up, going into the offseason to come into next season, being just a more prepared double-A player, you know.
0: And then the last one for you, you mentioned his name a second ago. Uh, Colton got the call up uh, this week. He's headed up to AAA. The time that you spent around him – Dude, all that guy does is hit. It's insane, right? Like, what what did you what did you learn about him? How special do you think he's gonna be?
7: You know, Colton. Like I said, he was my roommate. um, Basically, all pro ball. Um, He's special, dude. Like, I think he's I think he's a leadoff hitter in the bigs for a long, long time. Wow. So, um, I mean, I've never been around a better hitter. Personally, just thrown through, just a pure hitter. I've never been around a better one. So I've been unbelievably impressed. The way he goes about his business, he just, you know, he's, he's uber, uber confident in himself. He knows he's going to hit. And, like, that plays. I mean, he even had, I mean, he had a bad start to the season, and if you look at his overall staff, he still hit, like, 300. And it, it's super, super impressive to just watch him get in the game and the way he takes borderline pitches, the way he makes contact when he swings. It, he's a special player, dude. Like, that's cool. I can't understate that. Like, that's he's really a cool. special, special player. You yeah. are so, you,
0: you give me goosebumps. I'm excited. To, yeah. Yeah.
7: No, but like, Orioles fans or anybody, like that. That dude's special. Like, <laughs> and like, that's kind of the way we talk about him here in the clubhouse. Like, now that he's gone, especially, it's like, okay, that kid had no business being here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so that's awesome. He's,
7: yeah, he's he's special. That's, so that's, that's awesome. That's, far, that's all you need to know. He's special.
0: At J underscore Rhodes six on Twitter is how you follow him on uh, Instagram. John dot roads, is how you follow him as well. Um John, man, great to get to know you, dude. Um, congratulations on everything you've done so far. We can't wait to see uh, what's next for you. And if you, if you change your mind, And you want to get in our picks contest. It's a delicious worm. (laughs) My man, Tim, from up in Bel Air, it's a worm-cricket combination. I'll make a nice patty for you. If, you know, you just want to be able to answer the question better, perhaps in the future, about what the grossest food you've ever tasted was, I promise you we'll save you (laughs) some, all right? (laughs) Oh, thank
7: you so much. Uh, I will politely decline the offer.
0: John, great to catch up with you, man. Thank you for taking the time for us. Thank you so much. See you. John Rhodes from the Bowie Bay Sox checking in with us here on GCR um that is a crazy story man broke his back looked like maybe baseball might never happen for him and now here he is just a couple levels away from being a big leaguer very very cool thing um we'll we'll do the break after we talk to rick spielman we'll talk to rick spielman then we'll do the break today's show also brought to you by you know this was going to be brought to you by the print issue of press box which is available right now at your neighborhood royal farms Any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox, you can read it all at pressboxonline.com. That's Mark Andrews. He's on the cover. If you're with us on video, you would know that. says larger than life. It's a great story from Bo Smolka about Mark Andrews' unlikely path to football superstardom. And, again, I think some of it you might know. You probably heard a lot about um, his fight with diabetes over the years, but I think a lot of it you might not know. Um, Why it was never a guarantee that he was going to be playing football. I think there was a lot of great stuff. Um, Really good job from Bo on this story. Also inside this print issue, as we get ready for the start of college football season this weekend, awful lot of college football content, meeting players, getting no players from the area, great stuff in this new print issue of PressBox, which is available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms. From Dave. Dave says... Well, and if it really does come down to the Ravens not wanting to give Lamar Jackson guaranteed money, are you surprised that there hasn't been more made publicly? I feel like at some point, if you know that you're at a stalemate, one of the sides would want to present a better case. I'm not really sure what you're trying to say there, Dave, if I'm being totally honest with you. They'd want to present a better case. Um... You know, somebody told Jay Glazer something last week. Somebody did. I don't know who did, but somebody told Jay Glazer something, because that really was what put this all in focus. And considering Lamar's not working with an agent, I don't know where else that would have come from. So if what you're what you're trying to say is that the Ravens wanna win the battle of public opinion, I don't I just don't know if that's how the organization operates, man. I really don't. I don't know that the Ravens are worried about, you know, who sides with who in this. I think it's more of a priority for them that they get a deal done with their quarterback at some point. They go try to win a Super Bowl this season. I just don't think they operate that way, where it's a priority for them. Hey, we need to try to make Lamar look like the bad guy in all of this. How does that help you go try to win a Super Bowl this season? So, I I, I don't know if that's what you're asking, Dave. I guess I'm a little bit confused about the question, but... I don't think that this has reached a point where they're trying to point fingers and blame someone. I think they're trying to make this work while acknowledging, hey, we got to get a deal done at some point. Let's talk more about that as we'll get the insight of a former general manager. Of course, uh, Rick Spielman um, with the Vikings through even last season, he's moved into more of a media capacity. I know he's been working with the 33rd team, was doing some stuff for Fox, and it's a pleasure to have him with us now this morning here on GCR. Rick, it's uh, Glenn in Baltimore. It's really great to chat with you. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes
10: for us. No, thanks for having me on today. This so, is interesting topic, to say the least.
0: Isn't it? Rick, I'm telling you, I am coming around. I think what we've learned over the last 10 days is that this really does look as simple as Lamar wants a fully guaranteed deal, based on what Jay Glazer reported last week and based on his interactions on social media this week. He wants to go do a fully guaranteed deal because Deshaun Watson got a fully guaranteed deal. The Ravens don't want to rock the boat. They don't want to change the course of football history by making fully guaranteed contracts a trend. I don't know what happens now. Like, it's a really fascinating moment, I think.
10: Yeah, no, you have to look at both sides of it. I think, you know, from Lamar, I mean, He's talking because Cleveland did that deal. Now, why did Cleveland do that deal? Was it one was because the uh, was getting out of, and it was for a trade. So he was getting out of Houston Two, it's the only way he ended up in Cleveland is because I think the type of deal that Cleveland offered him. So is that an exception to the rule? For, because Deshaun, back in the, as you remember, it didn't sound like Cleveland was one of his top choices. Mm-hmm. But in order for them to become a top choice, they had to do things probably they normally wouldn't have to do. So, and Lamar's saying, well, listen, I'm better off the field. I'm a better player than Deshaun is. Uh, so that's his argument. On the front office side, you know, you're looking at what your business principles are as well. And it sounds like they're willing to pay him to be one of the top quarterbacks in the nfl but not to go to that fully guaranteed route because i don't know how many other teams would potentially do that and lamar is technically under contract if he doesn't do the deal and he just plays it out this year i would hope lamar has a really significant lloyds of london insurance policy god forbid if something happens and he has a career-ending injury that he's covered for those potential future earnings Mm -hmm. um the other thing, too, that makes it difficult is usually, because we're on the 11th hour now before the season's getting ready to start, and what you read is, is uh, Lamar does not want to talk about his contract once the season's gone. Is he willing to take that risk and just play on, on this year's money? And that's throwing away a lot of guaranteed money. Yep. It, shifts, it shifts the risk to the player instead of the team. So Baltimore, as much as you want to get the deal done, in my opinion, it's okay. This is our final offer. This is the best we can do, and we're sticking to our business principles because. And I understand it's a quarterback, uh, but you are you're still under contract with our team, so we're giving you extension. But if we do this, how's it going to affect the rest of the future deals we do down the road as well, Rick? Is so it, those are some of the things.
0: I don't want to use. The, I don't want to use the word collusion, right? Because I I get it. That's that's a huge charge when you put that word in. But is it fair right. to assume that after the Deshaun Watson deal, whether they got together and talked about it or whether – there is sort of a hold-the-line moment from the teams to say, dude, we're not going to allow guaranteed contracts to become part of this sport moving forward, and that there's probably an amount of pressure on Steve Bishotti to say – Dude, no matter how much you want to lock up your quarterback, you can't do that because you're essentially rewriting football. Like the moment that another one gets done, it's a trend and it becomes what everybody wants. And you've kind of beyond the CBA managed to get guaranteed contracts into football. Like it is there's gotta be an amount of pressure that Steve Bashotti feels from around the NFL to not go fully guaranteed, right?
10: I I, I disagree with you on that. I think and you're in Baltimore's situation and their ownership and front office, what's best for the Baltimore Ravens? And what is our business principles and what precedent do we want to set? So I think teams talk about it. I'm sure they talked about it when everybody was at the owners' meetings this past, but every team's still going to hone in and focus on what's best for their team. They don't care about what everyone else thinks or does. They're going to do what they think is right for their football team. So I don't think there's that collusion going on. But I also know that from a team standpoint, if we do this and set this precedent precedent within our team, who's the next player that's gonna come in? Well, you did him, why not me? Well, then you're gonna argue, well, maybe because you're not a quarterback or this or that, well, then you're gonna have a similar situation. We always tried to do deals and we had our business principles and as much as the agents fought those business principles, we were going to stay true to our business principles. Mm-hmm. And when other players came up for contract extensions, then we can say, well, listen, uh, all of our top guys, did th- this structure and this deal. And so that, that's why we are sticking to these business principles. And eventually we were able to get contracts done, but you're setting a whole new precedent for your team, which can go down, you know, a, a bad path for you if you stick to your business principles.
0: Rick Spielman is with us here on Glenn Clark Radio as we're discussing obviously this this situation that sits in front of the Baltimore Ravens, Lamar Jackson. Um, Rick, could you imagine there be pressure on the other side? Like I, it was presented to me and, and by someone recently related to the players that there's maybe a push the other way that they're not happy that Kyler Murray didn't try to push for a fully guaranteed contract and that. You know They don't just want the quarterbacks to be pushing for fully guaranteed contracts. They want everybody to be getting fully guaranteed contracts. And it's the quarterbacks who have the leverage and that there might be a little pressure on Lamar the other way to say, dude, we need you to hold the line. Um, We need you to go to fight for all of us because we're trying to change the way that a sport operates. Um, Could you imagine Lamar dealing with any of that right now?
10: Oh yeah, I'm sure that's coming from the NFLPA because they would love to have all guaranteed contracts. So that that's almost puts the player in an unfair position is that, you know, because I'm sure they're giving him potentially a guilt trip on, listen, you're in a perfect position to get the same type of deal that Deshaun Watson got mm-hmm. and you will set the precedent going forward for all other players. Well, that's a pretty big, burden to put play on top of that player especially without an agent because usually the agent can take the 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 criticism or what from the NFLPA because the agent's going to say listen this is a great deal for you you got guaranteed money your family's going to be taken care of for the rest of their lives you never have to worry about anything again but we didn't do it fully guaranteed and but Lamar has to understand and do what's best for him he doesn't have to represent, in my opinion, every other player, every other, you know, or what the NFLPA wants. He, and I'm sure someone's advising Lamar. I don't know who or what, even though he's doing a deal himself, but I'm sure he's in constant communication with the NFLPA as well on this.
0: Um, I have this working theory, Rick, that the Ravens let this play out, that if this really is where they are in a stalemate, you you let it play out you let him play this season you know you've got the franchise tag to work with next year if necessary and in the process it's possible that a russell wilson deal gets done in denver or joe burrow deal in cincinnati that that it takes the heat off of you somehow if denver does a fully guaranteed deal with russell wilson then you can kind of take the temperature of the room and say that's where we're going and if we want to have a quarterback, we're going to have to be willing to live in that neighborhood. Or if those deals aren't fully guaranteed, then you go back to Lamar Jackson and say, "Man, it's there's proof. We know that's not where this right. is going." Is that a logical way for them to let this thing play out?
10: Well, from a team perspective, it's, it's uh, you know you don't have your franchise quarterback under contract, but from a team side of it, th- that's a great scenario for us because go out and play. We can franchise you next year. We'll try to deal with it next year. But all of a sudden they don't have that big contract, even though they don't have a player under contract, all the risk is now shifted to the player. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the team is like, go ahead, play out the final year of your deal. And like I said earlier, God forbid, what if he has a career ending injury while he's playing, uh, then the team is out nothing basically, except for the contract that he's playing with this year. So that's, to me, a a benefit for the team if they can't get a deal in place because they're the ones that are trying to get an extension done. And they know they got that franchise tag in their back pocket. And most teams will say, well, that's the floor of a deal. So if we're structuring a deal, we know at a minimum it's going to have to be at franchise numbers and then up from there yeah because so, once, me, that's a huge advantage for the team
0: once you give it to him obviously you're telling him we're willing to pay you this amount of money that's the way that it goes right um you know obviously right. you're a unique person to talk to about this right because of the, the people bring up kirk cousins obviously when this con when this right. conversation comes up why why was it that you were willing to do that then rick and and what it, is it One of the things that I bring up sometimes is that, like, aren't quarterbacks' contracts essentially guaranteed anyway? Like, when was the last time a franchise-caliber quarterback didn't get their money? Typically, Right. Like, can you take me through what the thought process was then and whether this should be as taboo as maybe we're making it out to be, the idea of a quarterback contract being fully guaranteed?
10: Well, you're talking about three different scenarios. You're talking about Lamar and he's, doing an extension. You're talking about Deshaun, which was involving a trade. uh, And when Kirk Cousins, he was on the open market. Now, maybe if Lamar, let's say, plays out this year, and and I can't see this ever happening, but let's say they don't franchise him. Then Lamar goes out, then he's going to have a lot more leverage because there were not only us, but other teams willing to do that structure when Kirk Cousins came out. So he had all the leverage. The teams, they had no leverage because he can just pick and choose. Hey, if you want me to come there, then this is what it costs. And once you have yeah. one, one team, once one team committed to it, then, okay, if you don't do it this way, I've, got, I've already got it with this team. I want to come to your place. Give me this or else I'm going. That's interesting. So he, yeah. The player, yeah, the player had all the the, the uh, leverage because he was uh, on the free free agent market. He was on the open market
0: but should the should the Ravens be afraid of going there right like again as someone who did it i know the numbers were not nearly as big as we're talking about no. like we compare it no. but we I, we also understand we're talking about the numbers being far bigger for Lamar than they were when you guys did it with Kirk Cousins but should the right. the concept the idea be as taboo or if that's what it takes to get it done should there be a little bit more willingness to say hey look it's not like we're going to be cutting the guy anyway why not give him a fully guaranteed contract?
10: Or argue the other way, why should we when we're not going to cut him anyway?
0: <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's, <laughs> a, fa- right, it's a fair okay. argument to make. We talk- brought this up on the Lamar side of things, right? Like, why is it that you're fighting so much right. for this when you know you're going to get all of your money no matter
10: what? It's... And, and, and we're not setting a new precedent for our business principles for our organization, but I'm sure that I don't know what the structure of the deal will look like. I predicted that it would be north of Kyler Murray's as he deserves to be north of Kyler Murray's. And I thought it'd be in the $50 million range uh, as well. And how much of that's guaranteed, you know, that's, you know, that that's where it seems like the sticking point is. I don't think it's the amount of money. It's just seems like it's coming down to whether it's fully guaranteed or not. And from what I've read on the outside, I don't know what's going on on the inside, Right, but I think if it was, And maybe that's where an agent comes into play because they can keep the, and I'm assuming everything here, so please don't think I know inside information, but then that keeps the NFLPA off the player's back and the NFLPA is on the agent back, but the agent is strong enough and probably if they have a client like Lamar have enough high-caliber players that have done many multi year multi-gazillion dollar deals like Lamar would, 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 deserve to get.
0: All right. Rick, if I could two quick ones, cause I know you've been really giving of your time and I, I greatly appreciate it. Rick Spielman with us on GCR. Is there a point where if it just continues to be a stalemate where even other deals get done and it just doesn't change anything I'm doing fully guaranteed or not, he, you know, points out, Hey, look, when Kirk Cousins got the true free agency, everybody was willing to do this. So I, I don't, I'm not bending at all for you guys. Um, is there a point at which a team has to think about, well, do we need to trade a player? Or is the value of having a quarterback, well, then we just need to take these next two years and say, we're all in to win a Super Bowl for two years, and then we'll deal with it afterwards.
10: Right. Well, you're in the win-now mode, too, because they, got a, they had a great draft. They have a very good football team, so you're definitely in the win-now mode. You may not be as worried two years from now. You know, you, in fact, it'd be nice if you knew you had your quarterback under contract for the next five years or ever the length of the deal. But it is, I would say that it is, they're honed in on what they have to do this year. And with knowing that you can franchise them not only the next year, but the year after as well, now the number is going to be, you know, ridiculous. Um, what the second year of that free agent or that franchise number would be. But technically you can have them under contract for the next three years and pay as you go.
0: It's I mean that and it seems like you you've got a hell of a quarterback, go try to win a Super Bowl, right? But somebody would say you might also be able yeah. to get five first round picks if you were to trade that guy. Like it I I, I don't know what you do there. And then the last one it, Yeah.
10: It, it, well, if not him, who? Then right. who are you gonna get?
0: That's a you yeah, you have to hundred percent. I like Tyler Huntley, seems like a, a solid player, but I don't think you're winning a super bowl with Tyler Huntley as your quarterback um and then is there any danger about this getting awkward at some point like right now as i referenced before the ravens aren't trashing lamar they're not trying to paint a bet everybody's getting along despite you know wells going on but is there any danger that as this moves forward to your point maybe you know there is some sort of injury thing that comes up like is there any danger to this becoming poisonous this situation between a team and a quarterback that doesn't have a deal
10: Oh, I I don't know because it sounds like there's a very solid relationship and it sounds like there's been very open communication and it sounds like um, that there's no one's trying to play hide the ball on this or that. It sounds like it's just everybody's just being truthful and honest and just putting everything out on the table on how the team feels, on how Lamar feels, and it's just, okay, it's going to ultimately be, it's not the team decision, It's sometimes it's the player's decision. You know, and it's the player, if the team is deciding we're not going fully guaranteed the contract, but Lamar also knows that, well, okay, then I know that probably next year I'm going to get franchised and that's going to be a significant number, I'm sure. But then it's like, you're hoping that relationship doesn't sour at all. Uh, because of the relationship that's been built over the years between the front office and and the player,
0: I hope that's the case, Rick. This has been uh, tremendous. Let let me get plugs in for you. I know you've been working with the thirty third team.
10: Um, and
0: yep. Can you tell us anything about what you're doing over there?
10: Yeah, no, I'm doing a 33rd stuff. I, I'll be working with the Big Ten Network as their NFL expert coming up okay. here shortly. Just finalize and then I'm doing the CBS HQ. I've been covering uh, training camps with them and then I'll be uh doing uh, a lot of CBS stuff on the weekends uh and uh and then me and Scott Pioli are going to do a segment on Wednesdays with CBS HQ. Excellent. So it's been yeah, it's been pretty busy and just a few other things on the side going on as well.
0: At Spielman underscore Rick is how you can follow him on Twitter. Rick, really tremendous stuff. Thank you so much for taking the time for us this morning. We really appreciate it.
10: Okay, thanks. Thanks for having me on.
0: Former Vikings and uh, Dolphins GM Rick Spielman, of course, obviously a very unique person being one of only two GMs ever to have given out a fully guaranteed contract. Again, at a, a far lesser dollar value, what they did for Kirk Cousins than what you'd be talking about with Lamar Jackson, but it's the concept. And it appears as though the concept is the problem for the Ravens. Should it be? This is where this gets tricky because it feels like, again, inherently, not the end of the world. You're going to give Lamar Jackson all this money anyway, right? Like, you're, you're not going to be going back. You're not cutting Lamar Jackson in a couple of years. He's going to get his money. So why wouldn't you just go ahead and make it fully guaranteed if you can get the deal done? You could say the same thing, of course, on Lamar's side. Dude, you're getting your money. Why does it matter that much? But the bigger picture to me is what's really at play here, the hold the line stuff, the way that this alters football is the thing that feels so much more significant in this moment, that for players, this is their in to break the wall down like they were Chris Jericho. Y2J, the Ayatollah of rock and roll in order to get guaranteed contracts into football. And the owners, the exact opposite of that. It has happened twice and so far did not turn into a trend. It happened with Kirk Cousins, didn't turn into a trend. Next quarterbacks didn't do it. Happened with Deshaun Watson so far. The first quarterback since then didn't get it. But if Lamar does, does it snowball? That's what makes this feel so much more significant. And nobody's got the answer. Like that, we're, we're asking for opinions knowing nobody's got an answer. Because we don't know. Who might budge? Does at some point Lamar Jackson come back and say, dude, let's just get this thing done. Come on, what are we doing here? You know, he acknowledges there's at least a small amount of risk. I don't, I don't. Let's just get it done. Do the Ravens come back and say at some point, "Look, man, you know who cares what other people think? We got to do what's best for our team." That's sort of what it, it would say. Kevin Costner and draft. I'm going to do what's best for the team. You know, that's what Rick Spielman said. Don't worry about like what the rest of the NFL thinks. You do do what works for you. Easy to say. If you're changing the course of football history, maybe not as easy to do. Come back in. Uh, we'll give our responses for Would You Rather Wednesday. We'll get a tidbit and bit to wrap it up. Glenn Clark Radio. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, September 6th at 7 p.m. at Guilford Hall Brewery, 1611 Guilford Avenue in Station North. The Tyus Bowser show is brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialists and the all-new
4: Ginsu Grill. That first sip, that first bite, starts your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh royal. Farms Breakfast Sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Heyo's fans, enjoy Labor Day at the Yard this year with a full day of baseball, family fun, and a giveaway before the Orioles clash with the Toronto Blue Jays on Monday, September 5th at 1.05. Arrive early to celebrate Orioles slugger Ryan Mountcastle. Be one of the first 15,000 fans, 15 and over, and receive a Ryan Mountcastle t-shirt before catching the action-packed game. A variety of ticket options are available. Don't wait until the last minute. Secure your tickets now at Orioles.com slash tickets.
5: Don't forget that full episodes of the show are available for free on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube. But warning, you get what you pay for. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio.
0: All right, back in here on GCR as we wind down for a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of the program brought to you by Glory Days Grill. They announce uh, Adley or they announce Lamar today. Which one? Um, I guess I'd rather have Lamar. I'd rather have Lamar locked it's down. It's a weird for, thing where I actually think the impact of Adley would be more significant, like because, having him for ten years. Or no, no, I just, I just mean what it would do to make a statement about the type mm. of organization you are. Right. Whereas, like, I can make peace with. I think I've already made peace with the idea that the, the Lamar thing isn't happening right now. I, I think that a couple more dominoes need to fall before it ends up happening. You know, it'll be something they deal with next year. Right. So. I think the idea of loudly, the Orioles loudly announcing, "We are spending money. We are a different franchise. The Orioles, of the past, are not the Orioles, of the future." Like, would just be so much more valuable than a Lamar thing. That again, I've just, I've made peace with. Like, if I had said on the flip side, "You're losing one or the other," right. then I think that it might, I'd have to revisit this. But with the idea being that either one could get done in the future. Like, the value of Adley being done right now. Is to me more significant in the value of Lamar being done right yeah, now. Yeah, that's a good From point. From an annoyance standpoint, yeah. like I'd like to stop talking about the Lamar thing. Like I just like to be over and like let's let's move on. Let's discuss. I mean, we have to talk about it all season now. I mean, it, no, during the season I we'll mean, be talking about the games. We'll talk about the games far more than we're talking about this. But that'll be in season the respite, and then as soon as the season's over, it's all we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. And there will be still times where it percolates or lingers or whatever. But um, during the season, the games will be what matters the most. Um, would you rather get friend zoned uh publicly, humiliatingly, or she'll go out with you but you have to eat a, a worm cricket burger, which you might have to do anyway. Right. Uh I mean she she she's that great that I You're that I'm you're, willing in love. To you're in love, bro. <laughs> I'm in you're love. You're in love. You're feeling it. You're feeling it. <sighs> Neither she's going to publicly friend zone you or uh you gotta eat that worm cricket uh, burger. Yeah,
1: I mean I'm not that,
0: that worm cricket as appetizing as that sounds,
1: I th- think i mean yeah as long i mean yeah big board thing sucks but i can still you know hide no one well griffin's a unique name more unique name than mark i think every i
0: think <laughs> that it became that i don't i don't think you're hiding from that i think that's <laughs> nonsense i think you might like steve in 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 seattle might not know they might never you and i will never know who this mark is right but i think there the people involved their friends there I, I don't think you're getting around that <laughs> Yeah, I think it's because somebody knows, and then your friends all know, and you got to deal with the fact that you got friend zoned that badly. Keep that in mind.
1: I I gotta finish a full worm burger. Yes. What are we talking about? Like, like a quarter pounder, like a. So yeah, it's a it's a real uh, uh, burger,
0: like any bur- the other bur- the size of a burger you get off a grill.
1: I mean, yeah, I'm gonna try to hold off eating a worm burger for as long as I can in my
0: life. So I'm gonna. Ooh, oh boy, I, I got bad so. news. It might be it might be <laughs> next spring. It might be next spring when you consume a worm burger. Um, this one is, by the way, it's getting the least response. I don't think. Really. Yeah, which is a bummer to me. Um, this one to me is the interesting one because I can make. I have been coldly friend zone. I told my story yesterday. I took a girl when I was sixteen to a Creed concert. Let me start with that sentence. I had to drive to Hershey to see Creed because I liked this girl. Now again, we all had a we all had From, a dalliance,
1: from, from, from
0: uh, where we wherever. lived in Perry Hall at okay. the time. Uh, to Perry Hall to Hershey. To go see creed on a school night by the way it was on a sunday night oh the story is so overwhelming it's one of my go-to all-time go-to stories i i got friend zoned in the car on the way i like this girl and she was like i just don't want to lose this friendship and i was like i had to like sit through a concert now with this girl that had just friend zoned me in the car on the way to the creed concert all right at the concert I was so then I turned into an a-hole basically right so then she turned into an a-hole and she went and just found a random dude and made out with him at the concert in front of me it is the coldest I've ever dealt with in my life that's rough Uh, by the way the night was the night was capitalized upon by me getting two tickets driving through an illegal made an illegal left turn and then when I was trying to avoid the cop eluding a cop
1: Oh my god! Which led so, to a,
0: which led to a third ticket, driving on after midnight on a provisional license. I had to call my parents. Like a triple quadruple whammy. It was the worst. I mean, it was just the worst <laughs> night of my life. I felt that pain. I know Mark's pain. My pain might be worse, but I understand Mark's pain. Very public, very very public. I. I can't express to you how difficult it is to ever move on from it, right? Like, you can find all the happiness in the world, but whenever you think about it, whenever you're reminded of something, I was up in Hershey a couple years ago. I was like, oh, God, I remember the worst night I ever spent in Hershey. I, re- I remember it well. No. No, it's miserable to think about. It's hard to get over that. Hard to move past it. But on the flip side, it's a worm cricket burger if she's forcing you to do that in order to get into the relationship
1: think
0: about what she might force you to do when you're in the relationship it's hell it's hell on either side as a man who suffered through the first I think my answer is I'll just eat the stupid worm burger I've eaten a lot of bad things in my life and I might have to eat a worm burger here in a few months, so I'll just eat the stupid worm burger. And then number three, would you rather bet on the the field or bet on Maryland to win eight games? Um,
1: that one's so tough. Um, cause I think uh, I think I'm gonna have to side with Drew and going with Maryland just cause I I feel like I mean it seems like like I think what are the what are the op what are the, what are the options with the field like Texas A&M. That's maybe one maybe of the more Notre thought Dame. of, yes. Yeah. yes. And I just I Michigan. I'd, I'd much rather USC. You know, I'm I'd much rather be rooting for Maryland than, you know, trying to get myself into Texas A and M or Notre Dame rooting for okay. them this season. Okay. So I think I'll go with
0: Maryland. Uh as but I it's I don't think either happens. I so. do think oddly Maryland is the better bet. Like oddly I feel that way, but I think it's more difficult if you care about Maryland. Like mm-hmm. you've just been through so much. <laughs> Like, it doesn't matter how many times people try to tell you, know, this is a, a good Maryland team and the schedule, whatever. Just shut up. I've watched way too much Maryland football over the years. Also, it requires, like, Tonga has got to stay healthy all season long. There's no chance of them doing it if he misses games. Zero chance. <sighs> yeah, I do think it's a better bet. All right, continue to get us your responses at Glen Clark Radio. Uh, on Twitter or Facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio throughout the day, and uh, somebody's going to win a twenty five dollar gift card to Glory Days Grill. Uh, the Orioles Twitter account just tweeted. They said, "So Gunner?"
1: Question mark is what they tweeted, and then uh, and then I think uh, Stan Charles is a uh, burner. Must have been commenting because uh, he's he's because the first one there was somebody a random account that said, "What number? What number is he going to wear?" And uh, So I feel like that's got to be Stan's uh, burner oh, account there.
0: Oh, yeah, because he cares so much yeah, about you me. Know what, what a weird <laughs> bit, by the way. Like I, I I, don't like that. I'm just being honest with you. I don't yeah. like... I, you're the Orioles. And I know this is an awkward thing because it's not. it's certainly not Mike Elias running the Orioles Twitter account, but you're the Orioles. There are people that have a lot of questions. Is he playing tonight? And you're just kind of trolling everybody, I don't care for that, I'm not, it's not the end of the world, it's not, I'm not trying to make it more than it is, I'm not, it's, there are far bigger problems to deal with, but trolling everyone when they have legitimate questions, and they just are asking as a fan base that's been through a lot for you to work with them, please give more information, I don't dig it, I'm not, I'm sorry, I don't dig it. I would, I would just like, these are the types of things you want, you want to have fun on Twitter, wait until after the information's out, wait until people know, what we know right now is he's being brought up to the taxi squad, when, when somebody announces he's making his debut tonight, you want to do eyeball emojis, whatever, I don't know, maybe I'm making too much out of this, I just, it's, I don't, it's not, there's nothing wrong with them trying to be involved with the thing that everybody's talking about. I get it. All Orioles fans are talking about Gunnar Henderson today, so they want to be involved with that because, you know, they're the Orioles. It's their content. But it's, I just, I don't love it. I don't, and maybe this is why Twitter's just not for me, man. I'm like, maybe this is really what the answer, Twitter's just not for me, dude. I just want to know. Just tell me. Is Gunnar Henderson playing tonight? That's, until you can answer that question for me, don't, don't do this. Say Let that be for the idiots. Let that be for the unwashed. But again, I get it. This is the era now, and all it really is is I'm I'm an old man, and I'm a dinosaur, and Twitter's no longer for me. So I, I'll i own it and acknowledge it at this point. Would like to know, would be nice to know, is Gunnar Henderson going to play tonight? Like, should I be planning my schedule around making sure I'm in front? It's six o'clock game, tough time to be in front of your television for a six o'clock game. I don't know if you heard people like eating dinner um thing that people like to do so should i do i need to rearrange my schedule for today to make sure i can be in front of a television at six o'clock to watch gunner henderson make his major league debut I'd just like to know the answer to that question somebody knows it would be nice to be a bit proactive in getting that out there that's all that's all it's not the end of the world far bigger problems nobody's stealing classified information like it's just a baseball question but it would be nice to get an answer All right, uh, Tidbit brought to you today by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals and new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today.
1: All right, so yeah, we are talking about uh, how miserable the Orioles' offense has been. Um, so that made me—I wanted to look at, uh, look into um, the Orioles and their their batting average uh, by player with runners in scoring position. They were only 0 for two last night uh, with runners in scoring position because they barely got anyone on base. Um, but I wanted to look at it, and I wanted to see Glenn if you could uh, tell me in order from worst to best uh, of the Orioles' nine qualified hitters uh, who has the worst. Uh, batting average with runners in scoring position to who has the best and uh, I might I think I'm just going to give you who number one is because they are no longer on the team Trey Mancini Mm -hmm, batting 268 uh, with the Orioles with runners in scoring position that's the best that was the best that is the the best best. that's a big
0: yikes so so there's eight more Uh, players Santander is so you're just trying to guess get me to guess them in order so like right now I'm guessing number two okay right that's how we're doing this Santander he would he's not number two okay Mullins.
1: Mullins is number one, yes. Or so, yeah, number Number two. two. 265. So now I'm going to number three. Yes. Santander. There you go. So now I move on to number four. Yes, sir. Hayes. There you go. Austin Hayes. 255 with runners in scoring position. Now I move on to number five. Mm Mm-hmm. Rutschman. There you go. 250. Adley Rushman with runners in scoring position this season. Now number six. Mountcastle. No. Mateo. No. Arias. Ramon Arias, 246. Risp. Number seven. Mountcastle. There you go. Mountcastle, 243 with runners in scoring positions. Number eight. Mateo. Yes. Jorge Mateo, 229. With Roderson scoring uh, position. Roughneck Odor. Roughneck Odor is last with 197 batting average. Yeah, that was the end. Um ideally. and Odor is a uh, top four uh with worst batting average amongst qualified hitters yeah, it's in not, the league.
0: Not ideal. Not ideal for sure.
1: Good company with Trent Grisham, uh Geraldo Perdomo uh-uh. in Arizona, and Max Muncie. 187 is what
10: the hell the happened worst. to Max Muncie?
1: He's still like uh, I don't know. He's just his batting average has been Pitiful yeah. this season, but he's like still his his somehow they've survived. Yeah, <laughs> ninety wins, but he's still in the lineup every day. Like he's still like I think I guess he's still putting together good at bat for them and
0: that kind of thing. But he he is not uh you know putting the ball in play a whole lot. Wow, the uh, former Vikings receiver Jake Reed is closing for the Dodgers now. I just I was unaware that uh, how old is he? it's got to be like fifty at this point. That's a pretty remarkable story that uh, Jake Reed has accomplished.
1: Jake Reed.
0: All right. um, Here's what's coming up. Totally Tubular. Totally Tubular is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, which is the place to be to watch and bet on every game. Bet pads are available now, so you don't even have to get back up and go to the window or the kiosks. Although, if you don't want to do that, the kiosks are very convenient, 61 of them. Plus, we learned yesterday about the FanDuel Combine that's coming on September 11th. Make a $50 bet on any football bet, $50 or more. We'll register for you to participate in the FanDuel Combine where you can hang out, watch, and bet in the Hall at Live on September 11th for opening weekend of NFL season, win great prizes, autographed footballs from Pat McAfee, tickets to NFL games, just so much great stuff. Food will be free. Anyone who makes a $50 wager and is a Live Rewards member on an NFL game, will be registered for the FanDuel Combine on September 11th, which is an awesome event. You can find out more live casino and hotels website. All right, here's what's coming up tonight. As I mentioned, the Orioles Guardians, game two of a three-game set as the Orioles desperately try again to get the bats going. Tristan McKenzie on the mound for Cleveland. Jordan Lyles for Baltimore on Masson. Masson, two Athletics Nationals at seven. MLB Network Astros Rangers at two. Dodgers Mets at seven. ESPN, U.S. Open coverage at noon, so it's underway now. Tonight, the big one, Serena Williams in action again at seven o'clock against the number two seed in the tournament, Annette Kontavite. But the thing is, she's actually struggled this year. Like, she's sort of holding on to rankings points from a year ago. So Serena's got a chance. She's got a chance to keep the run going at what we believe is her final U.S. Open, although she keeps not committing to anything. She keeps, like, leaving things very open. She's participating in all of the fanfare, but leaving it open-ended. It's a very odd scenario that's going on right now. Uh, FS1, Atlanta United, Philadelphia Union at 7, NBC Sports Washington, D.C. United, NYCFC at 8. WNBA playoffs continue tonight. Semifinals, Connecticut Sun, Chicago Sky, Game 2 at 8, Seattle Storm, Vegas Aces, Game 2 at 10, Both the road teams won. Of course, I think Seattle's the best story with Sue Bird retiring. Like That's the easy one to get behind. TBS tonight for AEW Dynamite at 8. Some non-sports highlights?
1: Uh, Let's see. We got new uh, MasterChef tonight at 8 on Fox. A couple new episodes of Welcome to Wrexham on FX. And then uh, a new episode of Archer as well tonight. Uh, Otherwise, not a whole lot. There's a new movie on Netflix called I Came By um it's got george mckay and he like uncovers some horrible secrets about a popular judge in in britain and now they're like after george mckay and his graffiti movement what to like take down this judge george mm-hmm. mckay is the guy uh, from 1917 um the like the kid from that from that uh that movie hmm. he's he's a good actor he so uh it looks i mean it looks well put together but uh you know check it out i guess okay. if you want all
0: right very good <laughs> Uh, Thanks today to Stephen Clements, who was Gunnar Henderson's high school coach, John Rhodes from the Bowie Bay Sox, Drew Forrester, and Rick Spielman. We'll get it all up in the Greatest Hits section of the tab at com. Mm, Stuff and things? Uh, Max Wagner from Del Mara tomorrow. Okay. There's that. Uh, One of the Orioles draft picks. And we'll do, of course, our first pick segment of the year tomorrow. KZ will check in and will help us out with that. So uh, we'll pick some college games for... Uh, this week, and then we'll get into the full picks next week. All right, thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, Great member Memorabilia, FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, Maryland Vascular Specialists, the all-new Ginsu Grill, the Baltimore Orioles, your local Toyota dealer, toyota.com Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Wednesday evening. Go Birds, go Serena, Duke sucks, Ohio State sucks
4: too.